Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And on a Thursday... Ironically enough, it's brought to you by our friends at the Canadian Brew House. You can go into the Canadian Brew House in Regina and check out their great menu. Uh, new to the CBH, lots of great drink and food specials there. So go check it out tonight. Game one of the NHL Eastern Conference Championship. The Carolina Hurricanes hosting the Florida Panthers. I am Michael Ball, as the big boy said. That big boy would be Al Murdoch, who's the public address announcer for the Vancouver Canucks and the voice of the sports cage here on 620 CKRM. Soon we'll be joined by Riders Color commentator Luke Molitor. I say ironically, the show's brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse because for the second day in a row, we are here at the Stonebridge location. Nice, newer location here at the Canadian Brewhouse in uh Saskatoon and uh, yeah, Luke uh, already uh, already pounded down my steak bites. Here. Yeah, yeah, you rocking the steak bites, <laughs> diet coke. I re- I really like this location. Yeah, like there's not one angle here that you can't see a TV, and that's what you come to Canadian yep. Brewhouse for, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah sports and uh, camaraderie, as it were. We're gonna get into uh, talking about the uh, Riders training camp, but we were joking here, and uh, so <laughs> y- you say you love these two weeks because. You're healthier, and you're healthier because you're not around your little guy, Luther, who's four going on five, because kids, you love them, but if you have no discipline like you and I, you just get into bad habits. Uh, that's exactly it. I develop such good habits when I have an extended period of time away because I'm not hanging, so I'm not eating breakfast. So, for instance, Luther wants waffles for breakfast. I know he's only going to eat one with butter and syrup. I'll make him three and just be like, here you go. And then I'm like, oh, I can't finish that, huh? Here you go, I'll take it, right? You know, and, and like when he wants a snack, when we're driving around, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm a snack. I'm like, you know what? We should go to McDonald's to get large fries. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea, right? So that's just me and him, you know? And, yeah. And, next thing, and then I'm wondering why when I check into the gym on the scale, I'm like plus 20. It's funny, though. I was saying this to you off here, and it's very true. So like when you're, when you're a dad of a kid that age, right, five, six, seven, you 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 uh, have no discipline, so you, generally, and you dive in and you become like them, and you are their garbage can. Like you finish off their yeah, meals. That's then, exactly what I. Then, then I'm when a they, garbage. Then when they get to be like your daughter's age or like my kid's age, now your son's asking you, "Can I finish yeah, that?" Yeah, and you're steak? like, "Nope." Or, yeah. or if he does finish it, it helps you be leaner because he's yeah. half your stuff. Yeah, but then you're complaining about the money you're spending on him, right? Then you're just like, <laughs> man, listen, dude, we're on a budget, okay? Yeah. See, here's the thing, though. With my daughter, too, with with Maddie, like, she stopped when she stopped, when she started finishing. She still doesn't finish meals, but she hits the to-go plates. You know what I mean? But here's the thing about, about Maddie. She doesn't actually eat leftovers so whatever's on her plate i know i'm gonna get mm-hmm. but i'm gonna get it tomorrow because uh, it's gonna be in the fridge there you go and i'm gonna have to microwave but they don't yeah, yeah what's so. one food you can't eat leftover fries you can't have fries. mcdonald's fries yeah. any fries if yeah. you have fries you got to eat them there or that you can't eat them later no totally yeah yeah it's totally it's just direct direct and macro- macaroni and cheese another one of those yeah kd you got to eat kd or- tastes like like 
flavored cardboard when you met, when you try. I don't know why it's like that. But the other thing is too is is I I apparently I've we've got a oven that's an air fryer too. Apparently though, if you put McDonald's in the air fryer and add something, you can crisp up their fries. You can. I don't know how to do. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. Crescinda's done that before at our house. It's yeah. the same with pizza. You can put yes, pizza you can. in an air fryer, and apparently it just. But there's one you can eat cold, and they're fine. The pizza tastes morning. better cold. The next morning, yeah. Yeah, pizza tastes better It cold. does, yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you Man, what. I'm hungry. I'll tell I'm you what wasn't yeah. cold. The weather was kind of cool today, but that was good for the big guys. It was a nice temperature, a little bit of a breeze, and you know what's picking up? The quarterback in competition. Listen, if it was cold out there today, that's what heated the whole place up. That quarterback competition is on fire right now. Um Mason Fine has been having a really good camp. He's making some really good throws. And the best part about Mason Fine is the mistakes that he makes, like yesterday he threw a pick six, the next rep, it's flushed and it's execution. And today he was playing great. I think he threw a touchdown pass. He thought, like They did a number of Skelly and team periods today, which I love. But the other part, the wild card here, is how well Shea Patterson's playing. Now, this guy, he Good came point. with Trevor Harris from Montreal. Now, how cool, they're probably roommates. How how sweet would it be to have a, a Trevor Harris, like the guy you have a relationship with already, and to be able to bounce ideas off and, and talk about film it right when you're out of meetings? Yeah. He's balling. Yeah. Shea Patterson is balling. He throws, some re- he throws a really nice deep ball, and he's accurate. Like, I don't see too many. You know how the consistency thing with yeah. Jake Dolgala, you and I point yeah. out, it's like, hey, this kid, when he's on, when Jake Dolgala's on, he throws the best deep ball. But Shea Patterson, he's accurate, and he can throw a good deep ball. Uh, and he is, I'm telling you, man, he's making it hard. I like his, uh, now, it's a little bit hard, but just kind of sitting next to Farrell when we were talking about this, I like his pocket presence, too. He seems to have good presence in the pocket, Shea Patterson. You know, it's a little hard when the bodies aren't around you, but you know what I'm getting at there. So, so totally. So, so here's a question for you. Dola Gala wasn't there today because he had to go back to Regina and deal with the court issue with the DUI from last year. Okay, uh, so he missed key reps. How much do you think that factors in? And miss reps. You can't miss reps. Every every athlete. Every four, like you know, doesn't matter what generation of CFL player you are. Everybody at camp understands that you can't miss reps. That's where you 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 get the whole hey can't make the club uh, in the tub. Uh, moniker, right? But you can't, especially now, when you have the quarterback group that the Riders have, the way they're throwing the football right now, and you're exactly right. There's not a ton of adversity in front of them, right? Like, they haven't gone live a ton, right? Uh, when they're playing Skelly, right, they have the benefit of, of a, a billion seconds to let wide receivers get open. But the way they're throwing, you don't want to miss reps. Like Jake Dolgala, when he gets back, I've been in this position before. I remember I got hurt in camp one day, and, and, and it was just an ankle, and I missed one day. That was two practices back then, because because that's what we did. This is real football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I tried to. You said it, not me. So, but I only missed two practices. It felt like I missed three months. Like I missed the first practice. I missed. My coach wasn't even talking to me. It was like I was dead to him. And I, and and, and, he, and he was right. I felt dead to everybody. But I knew. And so when I'm watching film, this is me with like an ankle bandage on. I'm watching film and I'm seeing the guys who play D line. Everybody that was good, I was like, oh, like I was like, yeah, man, like because because you you do the team thing. Hey, great job, man. But in reality, you're like, oh my god, damn it. You know what I mean? And and I'm telling you, Jake Dolgal is gonna get in there, and and you and you've got the it's FOMO. That's what the kids call it, FOMO, fear of missing out. And when you felt like you missed out, thanks, brother. Oh, I got some steak bites steak here from bites, Canadian good. Brew House. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but when you feel like you missed out, it's it's not a good feeling. And no. I'm telling you right now, the way those quarterbacks are playing, you cannot miss reps right now. No, absolutely not. So my question was before today, and 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 he'll be back tomorrow, Dola Gala, and of course the uh, the. And we'll hear from Coach Dickey in a bit saying that, you know, they look at the green and white game maybe to separate some guys here. I'm just wondering if you're the coaching staff right now. Shea Patterson has a history of being a third-down quarterback, okay? So he's got the third-down quarterback, short-yardage quarterback mentality and, uh, and experience. So that comes into play. So to me, I think... Shea Patterson's kinda in the mix. I don't know if they'll dress three quarterbacks. They didn't last year. But if you had to pick between Dola Gala and Fine right now, who are you picking? Oh. We're only five days in, but we're still. only five days in. I'm taking Fine. And the reason why I don't think it's gonna end up like that. But right now, with Fine A hasn't missed a practice, right? And and he he continues to to do this. He's tra- his trajectory is upwards. And he had and, some meaningful, good meaningful snaps last year. Yeah, and 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 so I do think finds there, but I don't think it's. I think I think it's literally like they're sitting on the same step, you know, like there's nobody above. I think that's that close. I feel like I feel like Dolgala and Fine are neck and neck. Now, granted, Dolgala's neck is a lot longer than Fine's, <laughs> but I feel like Shea Patterson is also the guy on the outside kicking down the door and with a couple more good practices Shea Patterson might mess around and kick open that door this was the best day and I said it to him as he was walking away this was the best day for Trevor Harris and Ryder oh yeah Harris just like we said in Ryder Rewind right cerebral professional comes out handles business you can tell now he's starting to feel guy. He's he's starting to get used to his guys, right? He threw a couple long balls today that you can tell the reason why they were successful long balls is because he's worked with guys now for a little bit, right? That 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 relationship is starting to develop. That's QB one, and and I think that Rider Nation is that it's been a huge upgrade, and it's starting to show now that Trevor Harris is starting to get his feet under. You know, it's kind of eye on this. Now, this guy, we're big fans of this guy. He's a local product, and there is a little bit of currency in that. Okay, mm-hmm. I was watching Mitch Picton today. I want to really focus on Mitch because they brought a guy in, Jawan Breskison, who is a great Canadian receiver and talented. Mm-hmm. His biggest. Knock is your best ability is availability. Dependability. You were joking yesterday. Guys played like four games in three years. But, but. Well. Yeah, no, 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 it's true. (laughs) It's true. But I, um, I was, I was, I was zoning in on those two because if they were maybe making a move on a Canadian receiver. Yeah. And, and, and no offense to Mitch Picton, but he's local. So maybe you can turn him around a bit, right? Yeah, well, here's the problem. And you know what else? We talked about this yesterday. Mitch Picton's now like lining up on the wide side of the field, all yeah. the way next to the sideline, and you're like, "Oh no!" But today, if Luke- I'm watching it, Luke, like Luke Molitor's kind of taught me how to watch. Mitch Picton ran every route hard. He made some great catches yeah. over the middle, and I'll watch Breskison. They did a little when they were doing one on ones. Mm. You were at the far end watching the line. They had a. They had the quarterback swing it out into the flats. Mm. The receiver catch it, and then they had a receiver blocking one on one with mm. a DB. Twice, Breskison just olayed the guy. The guy went yeah, right and made the tackle. And those well, are the things that separate. Those guys, are I the guess. things that Kelly Jeffrey wants to see. There's only one football. You got to block, especially on those plays. And by the way, 
I know that nobody liked them when Jason Moss was doing it, but those are in the playbook. I'm not saying they're going to be called every second play and every second and long, nope. but those passes to the sidelines, they're there, right? And and guys have to block. I, you, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was out there watching from up above when they were doing the drill, one of the drills. They were doing a drill like that. And this is with no pads on, okay? There's two receivers out there, and I think one of them was Bressison. And and you, you got the swing pass to the outside. The receivers, with no pads on, go up, and the DB just walks right between them. He would have made the tackle. It would have been a three-yard loss. Yeah. You have to be able to, especially in the CFL right now, you have to be able to block as a wide and, receiver. And, and you raise a good point. I'll let you get to those snake bites because you're salivating. We're going to go to break oh, here. but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, rare and everything. I'm going to tell you, uh, with this offense, um, you can't get frustrated by those plays because they're gonna. That's how they're gonna work in Bain Junior. Right. and they're gonna work in Mario Mario Alford right. too. Those little swing passes. Right. So you have to be able to. It might look like you look at the stat sheet. It was a Mario Alford pass. Yes, it was. So you might look at a stat sheet and see the guy threw for a sixty-three yard passer. Well, it wasn't sixty-three. He threw it three and he yeah. took it for sixty. Yeah. Because there's blocking exactly. downfield, right? So that's, that's kind of what the offense is gonna be. Yeah. They've got to have it. And you know what? And and and. I think that's where uh, guys like Naaman Roosevelt, who are a coach now, and um, oh, I Drew forgot Tate? his name. No, no, no. There's another. Uh, he was here two years ago, and I was, I was really good. He was really good. Slot ba- uh, slot receiver, Canadian. Um, uh, number 18. For the Riders? Yeah. McKinnis. No, 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 no. No, not, not McKinnis. McKinnis. No, before that. One year before that. French guy. Anyways, I, I was talking to him today. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even know you were here, man. It's good to see you. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, man, I don't know. I'll You'll come up with it. Go get those yeah, snake fights. Yeah. Go get those snake fights. <laughs> when we come back, we are going to chat about, uh, well, so much more training camp. We got the uh, NBA East final one game to none in favor of the Miami Heat. And I'll ask Luke what he thinks of, who I think is one of the best coaches in professional sports, coach in the Miami Heat, Eric Spolstra. This is the sports cage for the Canadian Brewhouse from the Canadian Brewhouse in Saskatoon, Stonebridge location here on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan Rough Riders training camp is on and we're live in Saskatoon. Back to the cage with Michael Ball on 620 CKRM. At the brew house here in Saskatoon, we want to set the table for you. Now, if you're coming in for the green and white game, make sure you stop by your Stonebridge location just off the uh, off of Preston. Preston Overpass, and they have their Hangover Caesars on Saturday. Coors Light Specials, uh, uh, shots of Jack Daniels. Had one yesterday. Was pretty good. Clean the old windpipe out. And and uh, sangrias as well as ribeyes every ribeye on night every Saturday night. So you can come in, watch hockey, watch some uh, NBA basketball, Major League Baseball tonight. The Jays taking on the Yankees after a three nothing uh, walk off win over the Yankees in ten innings of play. Now Luke and I alluded to this in the first segment. Uh, the quarterback competition heating up, and that's a good thing. Competition, uh, iron. What does it say? Iron sharpens iron, so to speak. So uh, that's how it's going. Um, Jake Dolagala wasn't here. He was uh, back home, and uh, we caught up with Coach Dickinson, and uh, right off the st- uh, start, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, he's um, back in Regina. He had the legal issue from last year, and he's just getting that taken care of. So he'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to tell you everything, <laughs> but they're all doing a good job, Brent. Um, you know, and they're all getting a lot of reps. So I think all three of them bring different things to the table, so it's really a, a unique and exciting group and 
I couldn't tell you who's who's in the lead or who's who's trailing. They're all doing a good job. So uh, I just want to see. Usually the games separate, so we just want to see, give them hopefully equal reps or at least equal opportunity, and just see if anyone stands out in terms of leading the offense and and moving the ball down the field. So we'll let it play out. How pleased were you with the quarterback or offense play in general? Not a lot of incompletions and not a, not a lot of balls hitting the ground. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good today. There, uh, Trevor said this, you know, and it's true. It's starting to slow down for them. They've been in the system now for a, a week almost, and it, it's starting to, to click. So, um, like I said, we'll evaluate them on the games, but I thought offensively it was a good day today. Barry Clark spoke to the team today. What was that? Yeah, Barry's he's one of my he's one of my favorite guys. He's the chairman of the board, and he's a He's one of us, so we we like like when he comes out. He did it last year as well, and we we knew he's in town for the practice. So I asked if he would speak to the team, and and I was glad and thankful that he was able to do that. What was the message? The message from Barry is he, he's just a he's a great guy, and so he talks about how how much the community loves the riders, how much um, the community respects what they do, and that that they're important. And then he also expressed that. You know, it's important that we, as an organization, because he's part—he's one of us—that we, you know, we appreciate the 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 status we have in the community and that we act in such a way that they're proud of us. So we have a responsibility to give back to the community and to show the community the same sort of love they show us. And that was his message, and I thought it was perfect. You know, they're 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 tired, so they're getting to bed at night. But I think it's it's going well. I see guys starting to hang out with other position groups. We talked about we don't want to have clicks on this team. We want to be a team in, in the true sense of the word. And I think they're starting to, to get along and starting to get to know each other. Does being in Saskatoon help with that? I mean, we've often speculated about it. It does. Anytime you're somewhere other than home and in a tight confinement, it helps. Well, you hope it starts here and then it's up to the players to keep it going when they get back, you know, start doing things together. And usually they do. What is the primary value of something like the, the uh, pre-inter-squad uh, game on, on Saturday? What do you really? Well, you hope you hope to give them a sense for what a game's like in terms of procedural stuff, Rob. So we'll take them out early for stretch. We'll take them out and do the early outs. We'll go through our pre-game warm-up, uh, and then we'll come out as a unit. So it just the goal is to try to simulate the game so that the first preseason game is the first time they do it, and then the second thing is. It's a chance to, like what Barry said, give back to the community. So it's a game that we're having here that hopefully a lot of people come see and they get a chance to watch the writers play. So it's an, for us, it's just a, uh, a glorified practice, but we're hoping for the fans it's a game. In the you past, there's a preseason game until May 27th. Is that a pretty big evaluation? It's an evaluation, but the preseason game will be more. But it's, it, it will be an evaluation. It's ones-on-ones and good-on-good, and, and we'll be in pads, so it will be evaluated, and there will be officials. But the primary goal of it is to just get them used to what a game's like and to also give the folks in Saskatoon that maybe don't have tickets a chance to watch the riders play. We're still trying to figure out where to play, guys. You know, we've got a good group of players, and now the challenge is who plays in and who plays to the outside. So. Um, it's a it's a solid group. We want to try to keep them healthy, but there's a couple of guys that are pushing for playing time. We just got to see where we're going to put them. Good problem. Anytime you're having tough decisions to make, even now, and especially that first cut, 
that means you've got a pretty good group. Uh, it's pretty muddy, but like I was telling everybody, the, the preseason game, the red and white game, or excuse me, the green and white game. <laughs> We're not playing Brazil. Yeah. I, was say, I keep thinking of the stand. We play in week two. I'm thinking we got to get after those guys. <laughs> and, and he's throwing me off with his Calgary Flame shirt over there. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> um, there's a lot still to do. You know, we won't make. We we told the team. Process and patience, and we're going to be patient in, in terms of evaluating. How much down and distance have you done with this group, especially short yardage situations? None, mm -hmm. and, but we will do more. We do, <laughs> uh, obviously, more. Is, we need to get it in. Uh, we've got chains, and we're going to start emphasizing down and distance. Right now, we just want to see who can play, who knows the playbook, who understands coverage, and then we'll start getting into situational football much more starting next week. Claire Dory, what has uh, she brought you? She's outstanding. You know, I heard a lot about her when we were doing the uh, our due diligence on hiring, and uh, and she's she's a, a woman that I've heard lots of good things about for a long time. And so when she applied for the women in football spot through the CFL, she was a, a clear you know a clear one candidate. You know, we had a couple we interviewed, and she she stood out as a as a woman who's one coached a lot of football and two has a lot of experience leading a group of people. So. She's been working with Coach Paul Duke with the running backs, and she's doing a great job. All right, welcome back to the Canadian Brew House here in Saskatoon, Stonebridge location. Michael Ball, Luke Mullender. When we come back, we'll get to uh, your texts. And I also want to ask Luke's opinion on, uh, well, just coaching and coaching methodology. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 3.32 inside the sports cage with your sports ticker. Busy night in the sports world. Let's take a look at it. The Florida Panthers at the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. It's game one of the Eastern Conference Final in the National Hockey League. Game two of the Western Conference Final in the NBA tonight. The LA Lakers and Denver down one game. Uh, Nikolai Jokic put on an absolute clinic in game one. Let's see if he has uh, something in store here in Game 2. Major League Baseball tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're looking for back-to-back -back wins after that walk-off win last night from Danny Jansen. That's a 5.07 p.m. opening pitch. It's time to pump you up. Get the latest in fitness and lifestyle tips with one of Canada's top fitness trainers, Tish Duffy. This is Train with Tish on the Sports Cage. Well, Tish Duffy, our resident health and lifestyle expert, is enjoying her walk once again. And I'll tell you what, uh, I, uh, I'm i not a big treadmill guy. I don't like doing the treadmill. I'll do it uh, because basically you have to for a lot of the year. But I'm more of a ride-the-bike-walk-outside kind of guy. Perfect. Even better. Yeah. Are you that way, though, too? Do you like getting out more outside than inside? A hundred percent. I mean... There's not a lot of excuse for me to be inside any time of the year. Uh, I know I have a couple of clients in, in Edmonton that live in pretty cold, icy, uh, uh, you know, months. And, and so walking and getting a good, healthy pace outside is a little bit harder for them. But always, always, if you can get outside, put the layers on, peel them off as you get warm is always better. Because, uh, walking in nature is also soothing for the soul. So, um, we're conditioning not only our hearts to the walking, but by being outside, experiencing the fresh air and the smells, 
is good just for the, the mental wellness as well. One of the key uh, muscles in our body is our abs. It helps uh, for a lot of things. It, it actually helps your back out. If you've got a weak core, a weak stomach, uh, it, it hurts your back. But as you said in one of your social posts on Train with Tish, that's where you can find all her stuff. Abs aren't abs aren't uh, developed in the gym per se, at least solely, right? Right. Saskatchewan Rough Riders training camp is on, and we're live in Saskatoon. Back to the cage with Michael Ball on 620 CKRM. You can uh, check out Train with Tish at all her social media platforms by that handle, Train with Tish, 30-year exercise and fitness guru. Trained a lot of uh, athletes, both male and female, and uh, all types of ages, too. So, um, I wanted to give a shout-out to Marty over at Glacier Glass, doing some work for me back home in Regina. Good gang over there at Glacier Glass. Went to high school with Jamie Hobgulox, who runs the joint. But uh, thanks to uh, Marty for helping me out. Good guys. Go see them over there at Glacier Glass. Aaron Anderson, the commissioner of the Regina High School Athletic Association, who is the outgoing commish. Dwayne L. taking over for him. Former teammate of mine on the Rams. And... Uh, Aaron's listening to the show and text in at 936-6262. You and Luke are doing a great job breaking down training camp daily. Awesome work. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Luke just went to the uh, washroom. He's just going to come up here right away, and we'll continue our chat with Luke Mullender. Um, also wanted to uh, ask, ask Luke's opinion about this. So the Miami Heat barely get into the playoffs. And sometimes coaches get too much credit and they get too much uh, negative things go their way. Because let's be honest, great players make great coaches. And Jimmy Butler is playing out of his And mind. great coaches make great players. Yes, right. It, it go hand in hand, right? I, I, as I look at your Dallas Cowboys logo, the prime example is Tom Landry. Tom Landry was an awesome coach back in the day with the Cowboys. But Tom La Landry, the talent evaluator, let his team get too old. And then he ended up uh, being punted. It wasn't because he got stupid. Yeah. Right? So Eric Spolstra of the Miami Heat, uh, uh, he's... He's definitely, in my opinion, top three coach in professional sports in North America. They came in. They barely made the playoffs, which is an advantage to them, though, because they had to be playing at a high level to get into the playoffs, right? So they were already at their peak. But they came in an eighth seed. They've dismissed a number one seed. They've dismissed a number two seed now. Yeah, like, they're balling. And, and Jimmy Butler, for all those people who are always looking for, like, the next Kobe and the next Michael... He's playing on that level right now. Yeah, he's out of his mind. Yeah, LeBron James, I, I, the argument is over with in terms of LeBron James. LeBron James, we just have to understand, is is the the, the greatest all-around player we've ever seen. He's different. He's just he's so different. You can't you can't you can't put him in it. It's if there's yeah. an argument between who was better between, it's Mike and Kobe, and then and but I'm telling you, man, Jimmy Butler is playing like a killer. It's Any, awesome. Anytime you can just describe somebody with one name, like Gretzky, like yeah. Connor, like LeBron, like Michael, like Kobe, Kobe yeah, yeah they're, you know, Magic, yeah. They, they, yeah. That, that's what it is. Okay, I want to bring this up to you, if I could, before we get to a text, Luke. Um, very interesting. Uh, Dave Dickinson added a couple of uh, former Calgary Stampeder greats to the coaching staff. Dave added uh, Juwan Simpson. He's a he's a positional coach, and Nick Lewis. But what he's done, reading this article of Three Down Nation, yeah, he's brought in Rob Cote, Tom Johnson. Um, 
and one other slipped my mind. Oh, here it is. He's brought in Rob Cote, uh, Tom Johnson, and the other one is Brandon Smith, all guest coaching. He wants championship guys to come in and be another voice to teach these younger guys the Stampeders way, the championship yeah. way. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that I think that works um, in, in camp. And the reason it works in camp is because you're not having them distribute a game plan. You're having them distribute, like, a tryout, right? Like, they know, like, there's, like, players, the drills they need. The, like, they're not working on the logistics. Okay, we're going to do this many reps of, of team. We're going to do this many reps of inside run. We're going to do this many reps of one-on-ones, right? Like, that's that's on the real coaches. When you get a group like that who have won championships and are, and are just, you know, great players and have great, great just sort of reputations, um, in a camp setting, that really goes far. That's really beneficial. And I remember it. So there's Naaman Roosevelt here, but Watson. Um, Corey Watson. Corey Watson. I think, yeah, he's here too. Right? Okay, like, yeah. So uh, he man, was tough. Sure he was Corey tough. Watson. He was tough. Yeah, he was 18. Corey Watson. He was? Yep. Yeah, okay. Well, he's here French too. guy. French, yeah, yeah. So yep. he was here too. Yeah. And he's here. And and they're really high on some of their receivers, right? Like, I, was, I got a tight chance to talk to both of them. But, yeah, like the guys who have been there, and the guys who understand why it's so important to to when you're making a cut to sell it to the right before you're actually making it right, you know what I mean? Yep. And and selling it doesn't actually start when you reach the top of the route. You actually have to sell it as you're going to the top of your route, right? Yeah. Like the, like uh, those those nuances that are sp- positional specific, nobody does that better than former players. It's when you leaving the game plan to former players who just got out of the game, that's where you're going to falter. That's why, you know, like that's why you saw the challenges that Anthony Calvillo had, right? Like yeah. that's why um, that's why Devon Claybrooks, I mean, he worked out as a DC, but as a head coach, it was right, it was just too fast. You know, so so guys have to have time. They're like honey cured hams. Guys have to have time in the oven to bake, to to to, to, to cook properly, and then then their skill sets are really you're really able to leverage them. It's a really good text to nine three six sixty two sixty two from our faithful listener in Medicine Hat T C. He's got uh, a couple of different points, so I'll go through them one by one. Our text line's powered by Capital Auto Group. Guys, your thoughts on Brian Cox Jr. and his ascension. Now, we'll get to that in a second. For people that don't know Brian Cox, Brian Cox Sr. was a three-time Pro Bowl linebacker, played with ferocity, played with an edge. I believe he's a D-line coach for the New York Jets right now, if I'm not mistaken, and Robert Sala's staff. But his son, Brian Cox Jr., is here. We had him on the sports cage and uh, you had a chance to see him on one and ones Well, Brian Cox Jr. should have should have been arrested for felony assault today during a one-on-one okay, period. Why? Because Brian Cox, and I'm not going to mention the offensive line's name. Trust me, everybody's going to see it on film. Brian Cox came off of the the off of uh, off of the snap of the ball today, and literally threw a 330-pound offensive tackle. Like it was, it was me throwing Luther into his bed when we're playing around, or like into the couch when, like, or in the just pool. tossed him. Yeah, it was, it, it was a felony assault, and he should have been arrested. And it was just an incredible display of physical domination. And I, and he's doing like, and you can tell he's 
He's getting used to the game. That one yard off is so, especially when it comes to defensive linemen, and one of the reasons why the one yard off is so hard, like some people think, oh, well, it's just a running start, right? It's like a waggle for defensive linemen. What it, why it's so hard is because in the offseason and in the game that, that you're playing at the NCAA level, your pass rush steps are predicated on the first step, and you really have to adjust yourself to to realize that it's actually not the first step that you're used to in the CFL. It's the second step where you're really having that now you're used to doing the move. So if you're if you're used to firing off the line and you're training in the States, in the NCAA level, and you have a move that involves two steps up the field and then spinning inside, and that's your go-to move, it takes you a while to realize, well, actually, in the CFL, I actually have two and a half to three steps now, and I have to turn that into it. And Brian Cox is starting to realize it. And today, again, like... When they watch the film, the offensive linemen are going to be like, because you can tell, you know when your rep's coming up that you got embarrassed, that someone tossed you around like a teddy bear, that somebody abused you as like a, <laughs> like a redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Like, that was what happened today. It was an awesome display of power. I, I, and I was, I'm, I'm an old man. I, I was hyped. I was surprised. Yeah, you were else. jumping around there. Well, yeah. here's the thing. And the reason why nobody else is really that hype is because I think they're just used to seeing him do it. <laughs> yeah. Know, so used... here's the thing, though. Okay, uh, he's in a battle. Like you've got oh, uh, yeah. you've got Lanier and you've got Micah wow. Johnson now, but be, but you got Christmas. You got Miles Brown in his second year with the Riders as well. And Brian Cox is trying to learn this game on short notice. Uh, where we've talked about this, these young guys coming in just figuring out the game. Yeah. They don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Well, here's the here and here's and here's what makes the time even shorter: the fact that Demarcus Christmas looks like looks looks the way he should. Like he's 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 playing well. I was I spent a lot of time because of who we were watching for Specs by Ryan today. I spent a lot of time down watching the one on ones. Right. Um, and Demarcus Christmas. Yeah. I mean, he's having a decent teams periods. Right. Competitive. He looked really good down. Oh, but Miles Brown as well. Like Miles Brown really carries. I didn't know how well Miles Brown carries his weight as a little guy that's really big. Um, until I actually watched him. I got a chance to zoom in on him. And he's got such good feet, but he's got, he's, he's really, he's a lot more elusive than I thought he was. And today it really showed during a one on one. So, so while you're trying to catch up to the game, you're also seeing guys who aren't the starters, right? Like, Notice me and you aren't talking about Lanier, and we're not talking about Micah Johnson. We're talking about the actually the three deep guys. When you see the two deep guys balling out, that's how you know, well, there's really a battle here. That's the strength of the team right there, the D-line. I think yeah, that's our gonna, strongest yeah. position group. I, 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 off yeah, the top of in, my terms head, of, in terms of, well, in terms of, but here's the other thing, too, right? Like, we thought that last year, too, and it's not like Christmas and, and Miles Brown didn't get a ton of playing time no. last year. But, right? it was but, their, but it was their it was first, first year. year. So hopefully they it make it. It was their first step, year. Right? Yeah. And, and let's be honest, till Lanier got hurt, when, when Lanier went down to the other second, it was over. Wah, wah. And then Marino at the same time, now, Gone. now there's a whole bunch of problems. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why you're like, okay, well, you know, guys like Charbel the Beer got to come ready, right? Like they, and and Charbel, I, I got a chance to talk to Charbel, man. He's he's as excited as he was in his first year to be at Ryder training camp, and and he's came out, and and right now he he, he looks he looks the part. He looks like he's he's in there battling. So, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of competition there. But what type of competition is it, right? Like, are are we talking about a competition to be a dominant uh, to to join one of the most dominant defensive lines in the league, or are we talking about a competition? that just puts them on the roster with an average D-line. Yeah. All right. Uh, I also wanted to get to this text here before we get to break. Um, T. 
TC, the second thing you wanted to know, has Hickson supplanted J-Mo as RB1? I heard, listen to this, I'm not going to bring up any names, <laughs> but I heard a I couple of that. media people oh. suggest, suggesting that J-Mo could be on the chopping block. How, I, how I don't do you know. Feel, about, how do you feel about that? I don't know about the chopping block, but all I know is that the Liberty Fire record holder yeah. for most total yards that's running and catching the football is Frankie Hickson, and he looks incredibly comfortable in a Kelly Jeffrey office. He, it, this looks like it's his offense. It's his job to lose. He's really one. enjoying himself in it, man. And he's such a, like, I, you know, I, t- I had a chance to talk with him today, too. And he's he's just such an energetic, because and you got to remember, he's young. And I don't know if people, I don't know if people actually know the history behind Frankie Hickson's journey here. So, he, again, he was he's the all-time record holder for all-purpose yards at Liberty. Had a dominating junior and senior season. COVID hit in 2020, and COVID canceled his pro day. So he went undrafted. He went undrafted um, um, in 2020, and then they didn't have a draft either. He went undrafted because it got canceled again in 2021. So he spent two years not on his own accord. He just couldn't get get the, the eyes on him mm-hmm. as, as like they wanted. And he, he went to a 2022 or 2021 camp or whatever and, and finally got recognized by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and he's out here. I thought he played well last year. But, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if Morrow's on the block. I just, I just do, I do think, though, that, like, if Frankie Hickson was was our first running back coming out of the gate, it wouldn't surprise me. I I think Morrow's better out of the backfield with his hands, mm. and I find it hard to believe you would release a guy. I haven't seen anybody pop better than Morrow. Rodney Smith, the former Carolina Panthers, showed some pop, but mm. you're talking about a guy that was the top running back yardage-wise and kick return. Like, he was the combined yeah. yardage yeah. leader when he got hurt. I would have voted him the offensive MVP before he got hurt. I don't know that he's lost that much of a step that he's going to get. He hasn't lost a step at all. He's but, just, he's, but Hickson looks good. Hickson looks great, but, man, I mean, you, you also got to remember, right? Like, so, so here's the thing people got to remember. Jamal Moore is running with the ones. So he gets the first string offensive line, but you know what else he gets? The first string defensive line. And that's where Micah Johnson, Lanier, Christmas, yep. the, the two experienced ends in Robertson, right? Like, so there's not going to be as much room to run. Frankie Hickson's out there, and he's got the guys that are younger, right? So he's got and, – and by the way, some of those offensive linemen, like Evan Johnson and a couple other guys, they've got a little bit of experience. So, like, if, if there's more chance for a D lineman or a linebacker bus working with the twos than there ever is with the ones, especially that one group. So Morrow's also playing – some the best guys we have consistently. Frankie Hickson's going up against them too, but Frankie Hickson also has the benefit of the doubt of being able to run against the threes and twos. Yeah, for sure. When we come back, we'll continue from the Stonebridge Canadian Brew House here on 620 CKRM. Saskatchewan Rough Riders training camp is on, and we're live in Saskatoon. Back to the cage with Michael Ball on 620 CKRM. Hey, Luke, we're going to get to an interview with Nick Daly that I did. Just a quick comment on your thoughts on Nick Daly so far. Yeah, just like I said in Rider Rewind today during our two-minute clip, uh, I think the best thing that's ever happened to Nick Daly, well, two things. You can tell he's a lot more mature, right? But the best thing that's happened to him is that the Lake, uh, the Riders drafted Lake Corte Moore. 
because Daly's come back in here on a mission. Yeah, he has. All right, and he's referring to the Rider Rewind. We have a, a social media clip on all our social platforms done with myself, Luke, and Blaine Wyland after every Rider practice. You can check that out. But let's hear from Nick Daly. Here with the Riders, D. Lyman, Nick Daly. How you feeling health-wise, bud? Oh, great, man. It's great to be here after a ending injury their last season. Took me out for eight months, and we're back in camp, and I feel fresh, feel brand new, feel like I got a brand new hip. How tough was that mentally for you? It was tough, man. It was my first injury ever, really. Like, I never really had a broken foot, broken anything, right? And that was the first thing I had to go get surgery for. So it was a mental it was a mental battle for sure, but we got a great group of teammates, great group of coaches, and a great support staff here to help me out. So it all worked out great, and I'm flying around out here, so I can't wait. Yeah, what did you learn about yourself uh, with the downtime? Um, just a day by day, you know what I mean? Stack a brick on top of a brick, right? Yeah. It's not going to come here in a day, right? You got to yeah. wait eight months. You got to make sure you put all the right things in order to be correct when you come to camp. So I think I did that and I think I'm showing out. You, uh, you seem more mature. Uh, where does that come from? Is it just uh, the evolution or somebody helped you along the way? I think it's just from going to Winnipeg, getting cut in Winnipeg, then coming here and learning from a great group of guys here, man. We got a great group of pros and it's just been awesome learning from the coaches, learning from the pros. And it's my third year in the league now, right? Yeah. Got, I'm more comfortable. I understand what's going on and I got to do what I got to do. And uh, just talk a little bit more about how, how meaningful it is to be back wearing the hometown colors. Man, it's it's everything to me, man. I, off season, helping training kids in the in Saskatchewan and everything. All these kids been looking up to me since I was in RMF, man. Shout out RMF. That's where I started out. All those kids in Saskatchewan should go play RMF and then up to high school and to university, go to U of R or U of S, man. That's the top dogs right there. So, I really appreciate it. My fun, my son's been uh, following you on Instagram and oh, stuff. Yeah. I said, hey, you're doing a little podcasting and you're helping kids out uh, you know that's part of the maturation when did you decide you know I'm gonna help the next generation out. man really just this year I was like you know what I mean I'm in the I'm in the community I'm a big name now not a really big name because I just play special teams and get in on defense when I can but a hard-working Canadian in, in Regina and there's not many guys from Regina to make it other than me and Mitch and a few other dudes here but it's just any time to give back to some Regina kid that didn't think he could make it one day yeah. just like me man yeah. you never know what could happen in the future who did you look up to when you were a young guy oh man Mitch was my dude man right Mitch went to Lobolas for me and I was he was in grade 12 I was grade 9 and he went to U of R. I went to U of R after followed him, and he went to the pros first out of all that stuff, right? So I'm like, man, I want to be like Mitch. Even though he's a wide receiver, he was from Regina, so I hope all those young kids in Regina look up to us one day and hopefully make it here. So you talk about being a special teams guy. What do you got to do to take the next step and get some more meaningful snaps on defense? Hey, first of all, anybody who want to make the CFL, you got to play on specials regardless. Yeah. As a Canadian, you make sure you play on specials and you play wherever you can. But in my third year, man, I'm thinking I'm going to up my pass rush game and just get off the box, get off the rock, man, and just do my thing. Yeah. I think I'm going to see some big things this year. Talk about your new D-line coach uh, and getting used to what he brings to the table and how that might be different than last year. Uh, coach Delman, he, he wants us to stop the run, man. He brings that attitude like we got to stop the run before we can pass rush. And I really think that's cool because I'm like I'm a, a lighter guy as DN, right? Yeah. So he's teaching me how to stop the run, hold the run, hold my gaps, and then we can pass rush, right? Yeah. So I think it's really awesome having him here. What do you learn from guys like uh, Pete Robertson, Lanier the second, and uh, Big Micah Johnson's back? Just how to be a pro, man. These guys have been in the league. They've been in the NFL too for a while, right? Yeah. So they come in here and they know what to do, right? Yeah. So just watching them, how they act, how they talk to people, how they talk to coaches, and how they just walk around, you know what I mean? How they be. Yeah. So just great overall leaders on our team. And how about, uh, I was talking to rider great Jeff Fairholm about this. He said, when I was coming up, they never taught you how to watch film. And I think that's part of being a pro is learning how to watch film. Because you can watch yes, film, but you don't even know what you're watching sometimes. Yes, sir. When, I, when you get to the pros, right, they don't teach you much, right? You're supposed to just show up, watch what, who's around you, and make sure you execute when it's time, right? So when, you, when all the young kids coming up, just watch whoever's in front of you. If you're in high school, watch that grade 12 university, watch that senior, and you'll be ready to go. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, thank you. That's Nick Daly. Uh, really noticed some uh, maturing from that guy, too. Oh, 
I mean, it sounds like a totally uh, and and you know what that I mean, he was talking fast in in, in that interview, but he's excited. He's excited to be out here. You can tell, and I'm telling you right now that. Like he's been one of the top guys, not one of the top Canadians out in camp. He's been one of the well, top you guys watched, out in camp. You watched the one, yeah, one, I've been yeah. watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that he it, he makes reference to him being a lighter guy. And I mean, I think that does benefit the the defensive line, especially the lighter ends when you when you put such a sort of run emphasis on run fundamentals, right? The problem is is, is that. You can't forget who you are and yeah. what made you intimidating last year. And what made this group intimidating last year was the ability to get to the quarterback. But I think that they're starting to make that connection between, hey, we can go to after the quarterback if it's second and seven plus. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break for the uh, 4 o'clock news. Be back for our second hour here of the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And welcome back to the Sports Cage here in Saskatoon from the Canadian Brewhouse Stonebridge location. If you're coming into Regina, it's uh, basically you come in, turn, you know, do the loop onto Circle Drive, come up to the Preston Overpass, and you'll find it in the uh, beautiful strip mall here. Um, and the show on Thursdays, ironically enough, is brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Enjoy the NHL at the CBH. Tonight we've got some great game or a great game on. That would be the uh, Carolina Hurricanes against the Florida Panthers. Almost said the Carolina Panthers, but that's the NFL uh, team. And uh, they may even have the Seattle-Winnipeg WHL final on here as uh, the uh, the uh, T-Birds looking to finish off the ice uh, up uh, three games to one. They won 4-2 last night. Dylan Gunther leads the WHL in playoff scoring with 16 goals after scoring last night. It held up as the game-winning goal. We've got game number two of the NBA West Final. LeBron and the Lakers got beat by Jokic and the Nuggets, 132-126. An old-fashioned mid-1980s game there with the high scoring going there. Um, it's time for our uh, coast-to-coast feature now, though, Sean. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arashma Danny. For smart investing solutions, be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions and give him a call at 546 25 33. I know he's involved in the Country Cookout as one of the sponsors out in Heward, where our friend uh, Colin Lovequist is with the CKRM gang. All right, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Rash Madani joins us. And Rash, uh, Blue Jays with a what 3 doesn't, uh, What doesn't Brian Golly do, by the way? He does Mr. everything. Man. He's, he's he, everywhere. He's Mr. He Saskatchewan. Does, he does everything, man. Absolutely everything. Loving that guy. And uh, like we said, we're happy he's continued to support this segment. Now, has the scandal with the Jays and the Yankees died down before the series finale tonight? Jays with it, an impressive with an impressive three nothing win yesterday. Uh, Bassett seven scoreless innings, and Danny Jansen went deep to win it. Yeah, the scandal's over. Um, the pseudo-scandal. The not really should have been anything of mm. a scandal, but the Blue Jays made it much ado about nothing. But you mentioned Chris Bassett, and I tell you what, Ballsy, he has now gone 27 mm-hmm. innings without giving up a run. 27 innings. That, that is three 
full games, and he went complete game shutout uh, a couple of starts ago. Like, do you think about what you want from a pitching staff, what you want from a starting rotation, what you want from one of your top free agent signings this offseason? Like, Chris Bassett has checked off every single box so far through the first six, seven weeks of the year. Yeah, unbelievable. Do you think this uh, much ado about nothing could linger into September? I actually do, and I wouldn't in any other year except baseball's changed things around. Baseball's scheduling is altogether different now. The Blue Jays will not play the Yankees again until September. Like They play in the same division. It's May, but now every team will play everybody else. So instead of the Jays being at, say, Dodger Stadium every four years, they'll play L.A. every every year. And so it's more of a balanced schedule across baseball. You play fewer division games, which when you're in the AL East, that matters. And I don't know about you, Ballsy, but like I look at the Jays and the Yankees, and I'm saying to myself, man, in September, those games could be absolutely meaningful. And think of how spicy they'll be if it's Manoa. When Judge comes up to the plate, whoa, if Garrett Cole is going to start in that series for New York, what's going to happen then? Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot going to be on the line. And then add the kind of theatrics of the last few days. And um, there could be more than meets the eye. Okay, before I get to the Blue, uh, Blue Jay superstars, we both know I'm a Padres fan. What a disaster yes. this has been. And you can talk about, well, you don't want to panic. It's only, listen, we're over a month into the season, and um, I'm not up. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm this big baseball expert, but I do remember back in the day, and you would remember better than me, when the 2015 Nationals were much ballyhooed, and they were going to yeah. be on the team, and they were on the front of every magazine, Sports Illustrated, everything, and they sucked. They couldn't get any runners home. They got people on base, couldn't get anybody home. Everybody just went into the tank. That feels like the Padres this year. But just get in. Get in, and then once you're in, it's a, it's an altogether different tournament. Like you talked about the 2015 Nationals. Four. Yeah, hold up, hear me out. Four years later, those Nationals without Bryce Harper, who's gone on to Philly at that point, Washington at, in late May was 12 games below 500. Mm-hmm. They won the World Series. Atlanta, 2021. They were around 500 at the trade deadline, but they had a positive run differential. Alex Anthopoulos was like, you know what? I'm going to go get me a middle reliever. I'm going to go get Eddie Rosario. I'm going to go get Jock Peterson. And let's see what happens. They end up winning the World Series. All I'm saying is this. I, I subscribe to the Sparky Anderson philosophy of... The first 60 games don't really matter. Just be a, be around 500. Be healthy. There's 100 games to go. That's when the season starts. And then if at the end of July you can kind of add a couple of things here and there, then it's game on. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks for talking me off the ledge. That's, there Zinger you go. Tells, there, there, there's just tells, too much talent there, man. There's Soto. Yeah. There's Machado. There's Tatis on and off. We haven't even talked about the pitching staff. 
which has been actually pretty good. And they thought that would be yeah. the, the kryptonite of the team. So where I was going with this, the Padres did throw a lot of money at everybody, and the Blue Jays are going to have some tough decisions. Vladdy Guerrero and Bo Bichette are the faces of the franchise, but they are yeah. going to cost a pile of do-re-mi. How do the Jays uh, do some creative accounting here? Well, this is what this is where it really becomes interesting. So let's think about it. Three years from now is when Bichette reaches free agency. Three years from now is when Guerrero reaches free agency. Mm-hmm. Guess what happens then? That's when Springer's money is off the books. That's when Kevin Gosman's money is off the books. Hunjin Ryu's money is off the books at the end of this season. Jose Barrios is going to have like a year or two left. Those are all the dudes making in and around 20 million bucks a year at that point. You have to believe that based on what the market is telling you is that Bo and Vlad are going to cost you, and then who knows the number of years, but they're going to cost you around 400 million bucks. And I will tell you this, Ballsy, Mm -hmm. Bo Bichette is not going to sign for one cent below what he perceives market value will be and what he could get elsewhere. He's going to sign for what he feels he can get. So, under that kind of backdrop, to me, it's not about where they'll be in three years. It's about what the production is going to be through this season and through next. Because it's almost like it's quarterback money at this point. Quarterback, mm-hmm. like no, no quarterback makes less. Right? It's like sign him no. now and, yeah. and take the bullet of it's going to cost you 40 million or 45 million or 46 million. And it may sound crazy until there's a 50 million dollar guy and then a 55 million dollar guy or in the case of Matt Stafford a 60 million dollar guy. Hey, hey uh, speaking of quarterback money and quarterbacks, interesting tweet yesterday from Patrick Mahomes who said doesn't the Kansas City, the KC Coyotes have a nice ring to it? The Arizona Coyotes, what a disaster. But Gary Bettman, he's bound and determined to make this work. So, let's say you were an alien and you just appeared on Earth today, okay? And you knew nothing about sports. And you're like, in 1996, this franchise relocated to Arizona. And tell me about the history of the Phoenix, Arizona, whatever coyotes. In, on what planet do they remain in the desert? How have they remained in the desert? Why are they hell-bent on staying in the, Why has the league itself been hell-bent on keeping that, play, that, that franchise in the desert? And now, you know, the voters of Tempe are saying, we're not paying tax money to build another arena here. We're going to drop $750 million for a hockey arena. We don't care. And guess what? Yeah. The Coyotes are going to play in Arizona again next season, Ballsy, in front of 5,000 people at Arizona State University. What's hilarious about all of this, Arash, and I think you'd agree that in a weird twist of fate, I think the Coyotes are more valuable than they've ever been. And that's what's wild. So, like, I, I was thinking yesterday, the Ottawa Senators... They reach the cup final in 2007. They get to the conference finals in 2017. The greatest thing that happened to the Ottawa Senators since the 2017 season 
And I know this sounds morbid and it may sound disrespectful, but it's true as a business. The best thing that's happened to the Ottawa Senators since Sidney Crosby and the Penguins beat him in Game 7 of 2017 is their owner dying. Is Eugene Melnick dying last mm-hmm. spring? Because slowly there come leaks since. The estate wanted everyone to know Ryan Reynolds was interested. Right, Hollywood superstar Ryan Reynolds, who had that EPL team doing so yep. well in the Premiership. What a story they've been. Oh, wait, Snoop Dogg's interested? Oh, wait, The weekend's interested? Oh, wait, the franchise valuation of the Ottawa Senators in an arena in the middle of nowhere of Canada with no entertainment district around it, with one road in and one road out, they're worth a billion dollars. Guess what, Ballsy? If Patrick Mahomes gets his wish and they go to KC, or if J.J. Watt gets his wish and they go to Houston, or wherever the Coyotes may eventually relocate to, that is going to be a, 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 I don't know, a transfer fee? I don't know what they're going to call it. A relocation fee of around a billion dollars to move them wherever the Coyotes go next. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Always great talking to you, Arash. Uh, we will uh, catch up with you next week. All right, bud. Thanks, Balti. Appreciate it. That's Arash Madani, coast to coast, here for Smart Investing Solutions. We'll be back to the brew house in Saskatoon with my buddy Luke Molitor here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Dano trying to deliver it for the second time. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left field. That's a way to win it right there. Deliver a three-run homer. Danny Jansen with his second game winner of the season. An absolute no-doubter. Three-run home run. Danny Jansen. A 3-0 walk-off win for the Blue Jays in the 10th. Friend of the show and radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays on the call, Ben Wagner, last night as Danny Jansen wins it in the 10th inning, a walk-off home run, and that's his second walk-off hit in four days. He had one on Sunday, and now here we are yesterday on Wednesday. Danny Jansen's hot, and the Blue Jays are loving it. Danny Jansen, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park. Your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the Sports Cage. You want to give a shout-out here. We're going to talk some SJHL hockey before the top of the hour. Battleford's netminder Josh Cote has been named goalie of the Centennial Cup, top goaltender. The coach of the year in the CJHL this year was Braden Klamasco and the Battleford Stars' automatic berth into the semifinal in that tournament in Portage La Prairie. So the SJHL well represented. We'll talk to the commissioner, Kyle McIntyre. Sidney Brown, brother of Chase Brown. The Brown boys were picked in the NFL draft. It's a great story. They came from the projects in Canada. Uh, foster care. Well, whatever. The Brown boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Chase Brown, Sydney Brown. Yeah. Today's day and age. I oh, my get, God. I could get they'd, canceled. They'd be, thank thank God pro- you jumped on that. protesting out there. Oh, my God. You're right. Thanks for, saving, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for saving me. No, but Sydney and Chase uh, Brown. So Chase got picked. He's the uh, running back for the Bengals. And Sydney yeah. just signed a nice five mil, $5.7 million deal with the Eagles at safety. So that's some good. Oh, they're both really good players. 
players. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, I mean, I didn't spend a ton of time watching them when they were playing with Illinois and and uh, in the Big Ten, but um, I saw a ton of their like highlights, and I, I did see one game. And man, they're they're as advertised. I'm glad. I mean, Canadian football is alive and well. This was the this was the most Canadians ever picked in the NFL draft this year, and mm-hmm. it's we're, we're we're a country that that continues to put out talented players now, and it's it's awesome to see them get drafted and, you talk- and get those paydays. And you talked about. Uh, you talk about that. Let's bring it back to you, sports. We had Nick Daly on, but look at the Lake Corte Moore and Jackson Forder coming in, and they're you don't expect them to be superstars, but they're expected and look like they can come in and and not miss a beat here in a pro camp. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're taken in the first and second round, you're expected to come in here and challenge to compete, right? They don't want to spend a ton of time working on fundamentals that should be there, right? And I don't think that's the case with either Jackson Ford or Lake Corte Moore, but um yeah, it's just I mean, I think Lake Corte Moore also had a benefit of, of being coached by Shamari Williams, a UBC former first rounder himself, right? So, and uh, and obviously uh, uh, Ford. I mean, he's got Vincent Donaldson out there teaching him, right? You know what I mean? So those are former CFLers and former and your, NCAA and, players. And your boy from MSU, right? Right. So so that's the thing. So yeah. It's like yeah. yeah so I, I think that um, they, they're in a good position to succeed. I'm looking at the. We talked about the D line, okay, being a very very big strength for this team. Right. I think um, the starting three linebackers are as good as any in the league with uh, Larry Dean, Derek Moncrief, and I think Micah Tights is poised to come back. He's looking good. He's a good mind yeah. and good body right now. I know it's early, but yeah. but the year, the year before he got hurt, he had the swagger, right? Like mm-hmm. he was playing above what people thought he would yeah. be. But behind him is where my concern yeah, is. They brought in no T- they brought in TJ Brunson, who was a draft pick of the Giants, and did play meaningful snaps for them, like five games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he has NFL experience. But boy, he was over his skis today. He was getting lit up in practices, trying to figure it out. And I know well, he just got off the plane. Exactly. Right? But yeah. I want to ask you this: How do you feel about that linebacking core? Then I'll ask the second part of the question: How are you feeling about that unit? I feel like the linebacking core probably represents our concerns over the last month that we've talked about the most uh, of any group um and that concern is depth um there isn't much um beyond the top three guys um does aj allen right come in and contribute um does it, like Joe, justin herdman reed i mean he's been in the league for years you know is he a guy that can finally provide some especially some injury support if guys go down i think that the, that that position itself it really lacks depth right now probably as i look at this probably the least amount of depth on the training camp roster what does it mean am i reading too much into it when i see a tj brunson come in five days into camp mm-hmm. when i see these some of these offensive linemen come in they got rid of mccoy and brought in another mm-hmm. receiver too what is it what does that what does that say well it's business you're always reevaluating your product Right, it, it, no matter what, it's it's right. Like some Heineken, fans, some they, fans they, they taste the Heinekens yep. that that come off off the uh, assembly off the factory line. assembly yep. line all the time. Right, you, yeah. you test your cars, and, and if you, and if you hear the car squeak when you make a hard right turn, then you get back in there and you say, okay, how do we stop this hard right turn squeak? So I think that you know that, that I th- I think it's a good sign. I think okay. it's a really good sign because that means Jeremy O'Day is, is, has really been willing to look at the guys that he has on his list outside of camp, and if he's not seeing something, or maybe they want to get somebody a little bit more rest than they don't want to necessarily, they, they want to utilize 
utilize those reps well, then he's making decisions that obviously in his mind benefit the organization. But you're always testing your product, right? Apple didn't put out the first iPad, you know, just that on the first try, right? They tested it a ton of times. They made adjustments. And training camp's no different. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. Thanks to Luke Molitor here for that little segment. He'll be back on the other side of 430. Uh, when we come back, plenty of more to get to. We'll hear from Trevor Harris and others from Ryder Training Camp. This is the Sports Cage coming to you live. We're sponsored by the CBH back in Regina, and we're at a CBH, the Canadian Brew House here, Stonebridge location in Saskatoon on 620 CKRM. All right, 431 sports ticker time for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Give them a call. At 781-2090, NBA Western Conference Final Game 2. Los Angeles Lakers, Denver Nuggets tonight. Nuggets up 1-0. Lakers looking to tie the series. Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat took a 1-0 series lead last night in Boston. 123-116 final score in Game 1. And hey, I picked the Heat to win this thing right after they beat the Bucks. So looking like it could come to fruition. We shall see. NHL Eastern Conference Final tonight. Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes. Game one from Raleigh, North Carolina. 6 p.m. puck drop. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. And it's brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out in Fort Capel and online at kevinsmarine.com. Well, we've been wondering, what's this genius sports going to do? CFL unveiled a new stats and data collection system powered by Genius Sports. Beginning in the preseason, CFL Live Stats will provide live play-by-play data and post-game stats while enabling the sharing of betting data as well as team and player game data, the lowest... uh, Latency data will be made available to uh, authenticated CFL partners for the media and broadcast purposes. So Genius Sports getting on that side of it. Um, yeah, I don't, I, Do you understand what I just said? Because I don't understand what I just said. But that's the CFL report. Saskatchewan Rough Riders training camp is on. And we're live in Saskatoon. Back to the cage with Michael Ball on 620 CKRM. Wow. And I don't even know what's going on. Come on. Cut it out with the word salad. Like, listen, I hate that. I hate word salad when people just talk to try to talk. You know, like, there's some great clips. Yeah. um, With. the uh, the second vi- the vice president of the United States Kamala, you know, Kamala Harris. You should hear her word salad. No. She'll get answered a question and like for thirty seconds will say oh. a bunch of fancy stuff. With that, and basically she could have been like, yeah, I don't care. And and like it's the same with like I don't know anything you just said. And I'm I'm around that sort. I uh, I don't want to get political, but I will tell you this: I never thought I'd be sitting here as a fifty year old man saying Mexico is the best leadership in North America. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably move on then. That's terrible. Hey, uh, I'll tell you what, man. We talked about this, and it's worth reiterating here. But um, Trevor Harris, it was his best. It was his best day as a Rough Rider, and I think we're both we're both happy to see it. He he he's he's starting to stack bricks on top of bricks. Yeah, he's he's just he he elevates with every practice, and I think that he's he's becoming so much more comfortable with the guys around him, with the relationship he's developing with his receivers that he's not as familiar with, and it's starting to show. Right, the timing's really starting to show there. I'll give you an example. Uh, there, there was 
some you could tell there was some there's some hesitation into throwing into certain windows in day one with the receivers just because right he's trying to feel people out now i mean he's putting it on 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 a rope, on dimes, and these guys, and the, it's benefiting the receivers because they're starting to really grow. And I think what it is also is doing is is also providing an incredible example to the younger guys that are behind them: Dole Gala, Fine, um, Shea Patterson. So again, that quarterback uh, battle is heating up, but it's behind Trevor Harris. There's no doubt who QB one is, and I think that he's right now he's everything that the Riders want him to be. So. Um Darrell Walker, who we're going to hear from in the 5 o'clock hour. D-Walk, he's a great guy to talk to. Yeah. Been around the league. Uh, hasn't had a 1,000-yard re- uh, receiving season in a while. But let me uh, let me ask you this. Do you think he has the inside track or one of the inside tracks to make this team because of his relationship with Trevor Harris? Yeah, I do. I think that, um, I mean, but there's some really good young guys that are slowly starting to announce their presence, right? Like Kendall Wat- Watson, for mm-hmm. instance. Uh, Kalijah Lipscomb, I think he's doing really well. Um, Herslow? Yeah, Herslow. Yeah, you're right, Herslow. So uh, I think that it's, at, the, at the end of the day, if all of those guys keep building, you're going to have the decision, okay, do we go with the grizzled vet who we know what we're going to get, or do we go with these young guys that have a huge ceiling? And keep in mind, the practice roster is normally filled with talented American receivers right after training camp, right, and who are, who are waiting for a shot. So, so I, I would ex- I would right now I would say that I would not be surprised at all if Darrell Walker was on the opening day roster. Um, is he going to be the number one guy? No, and I think that if he was the number one guy, we'd be in trouble. But guys are starting to again. Guys are starting to declare themselves and. You know, soon. Who do you think is the number one guy? They just gave a, pay, uh, a three down nation as an article out. They they handsomely paid Key and Schaefer Baker to the point where I think his hard money in his third year is one hundred ninety five thousand yeah. dollars. So he's he's the guy that's going to be the guy. But till then, who's the who's the the the, the receiver one? Yeah, and I would say right now there isn't one. I would say they're all pretty much online. I, I would love for Braden Lenius to continue to step out of his shell. Um, you, you're not seeing as much production as as, as you would want to see. If I think Sam Emelis has got a good chance to be. He's had a good camp. Be, yeah, I mean, he's slowly continuing to pray. And he's a young guy, right? Yeah. Jake Winnicky, he's out there. But, yeah, I, again, I, I wish Tevin Jones was healthy enough to be out there. I think he would have been a guy to push for a spot. So we'll see. I, as far as being a number one guy, like the guy, remember we, we talked about that uh, the week before we came out here to camp. Is one of our, our our one of our things to watch was who's the guy at the wide receiver position and five days in the camp I don't think the question's answered. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I think it'll take time with yeah. new quarterbacks, new OCs, different offensive line. But that's why I think we're salivating over this 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 exhibition game, right? Is is because you want to see these guys go live. Uh, I mean, in the NFL, they, they've got – I mean, I wish the CFL would do this, but I can understand a budget constraint behind it. But the NFL, they practice against each other, right? Like yeah. the, the Carolina Panthers will have a, a week of practice against the Buffalo Bills and mm-hmm. things like that just get those competitive juices yeah. flowing. All right, let's hear from Trevor Harris. Uh, yeah, I'd have to watch that film first, but it felt like uh, the starting to slow down, you know, new offense, new players, new guys, new spacing and timing and routes and combinations. And, uh, you know, this offense is quite different, and so – um, yeah, I thought today was a lot better. I thought we were a little more sharp offensively, a lot more explosive plays, taking what they give us. 
um, and I thought the guys are you know progressing every day as well. Yeah, live action is always better. I always prefer team over Skelly because a lot of times in Skelly or seven on seven, you can you know tend to hold on to the ball because there's no pass rush or anything. But when there's team, you can kind of feel the rush of who's around you and whatnot and stuff. So games are always even more and more fun uh, with that. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, you know I, what I love about each and every one of them is they know who they are and they're not trying to be anything that they're not. And uh, they're authentically themselves as quarterbacks. They're not trying to be the strong arm guy that Jake is. Uh, you know, Mason's a little more my style. You know, we take what the defense gives us and, you know, move the chains and uh, stay on the field and be explosive when, when they give it to you. Uh, and then Shea is kind of a combination, you know, so they're all kind of just being themselves and making plays. And I think they're all doing a great job. People are learning more and more each day, but who is Jake Herzler? Yeah, we're learning every day too. and. Uh, He's, at first, I talked to this guy, and I was like, man, this guy has to have been in the league for like five or six years because you just kept talking and talking. And, uh, like the second night, uh, Jake was like, yeah, he's like, well, I do this and this. He's like, that's why I don't shut up. I just don't shut up very much. I just keep talking. I just love the guy. He's got a great spirit, and uh, the dude loves football. And he's out here competing, and you'd think he's a veteran. I mean, he's all he does is win. After a few, few days of practice, have you rediscovered the chemistry with Darrell Walker? Yeah, yeah. I think there was you know, a stretch where maybe he had – maybe like four four or five catches out of six or seven plays and um yeah he's you can tell his legs are getting underneath him and uh that old d walk is is uh is real pristine and, and clear and you can see that he's doing a great job for us but uh make no mistake like when he's open the other guys are doing their job helping him and uh we've got we've got some dudes out there you think he's good for a thousand yards this season i do i think we got i think we got five guys that are capable of that five or six is there something about the Kelly Jeffrey offense that distinguishes itself distinctly from some of the other systems you've been yeah. in in the CFL? Yeah, it's very different. It's a very different system that I've played in, and um, you know the stylistic things that we're doing, and uh, you know it's a combination, a rare combination of stuff. And obviously, we do some traditional CFL stuff, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that uh, you're, you know, we're putting on tape and, and correcting it as we go. And uh, he's just been tremendous in terms of his humility, uh, his openness for communication, and. Um, you can tell he's a great leader, you know, because when it's time to, to be stern and put his foot down, he does, and uh, he's got all the respect in the world from the room. Somebody told me there's a lot of elements to it, there's a lot of facets to it, yet it's still pretty simple and easy to digest, which is a bit of a tough balancing act. Yeah, it's easy to digest, but at the same time, there's so many, you know, things that can happen in a play that, that changes what's going on, and uh, that's what makes this offense really unique is, you know, the way they play, uh, you know, dictates a lot of times how the play is going to, you know, turn out in terms of the routes, the angles and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's evolving. And you could just tell today, I thought we made, the last two days, I felt like we've made a couple big, big steps and some good leaps. And so uh, starting to feel good about where we're at. But, uh, you know, it's just really the maintaining the focus in the room, uh, just continue developing relationships and keep getting better and better every day. Have you had one of those, this could only happen in Saskatchewan moments yet with a fan interaction or something that really crystallizes that you were here? Yeah, a guy asked me to take a picture with his dog and, uh, today. I was like, man, this is great. Like, he's friendly, right? Like, and so, yeah, so yeah, that was one of those moments just happened like maybe an hour ago between practices. I was eating an orange. And I was like, you take a picture of my dog? I was like, man, heck yeah, let's go. Discuss the relationship with your offensive line so far through a few days of camp. Yeah, you know, I learned them, they learned me. Uh, I told them I'm going to do everything I can to help them because they keep saying, we're going to keep you upright, we're going to keep you upright. But 
my job is to, to not too, put too much pressure on them. And I think one of the MOs in my career is getting the ball out quick, uh, making quick decisions, knowing you know what the defense is trying to do. And if they're disguising it, being able to uncover it with use, using certain tricks through preparation and things that we've done. But uh, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to help them as well. But uh, you know, I think they've done a great job. And they're dealing with some beasts up front on our D-line, too. Now, don't get it twisted. We got some, we got some dogs on the D-line. So uh, they're getting some great work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and not only that, they're all just great guys. You know, Peter Godbert and Evan Johnson and Logan and, and Phil Blake is doing a great job, you know, showing the way for these guys. And then these young tackles and Eric Lofton. And these guys are doing a great job gelling together. You can tell that, that they all, there's not one person in that offensive line that says that they think they're, they're good and they're starting and they're good to go. Like, they're all competing every day. And you can tell they're asking the details of the details, you know, every, every Every play, they're coming back asking me questions, and so uh, we're developing pretty good chemistry, and just got to keep growing from there. How do you feel about Frankie Hickson? Yeah, that guy's different, man. He, in terms of being able to cut and run and jump, he's just one of those guys. His personality kind of just is so inviting uh, in terms of you know being a great you know locker room guy. But when you watch him play on a football field, I made him. I watched him make a cut the other day, and I was like, I think I would have tore two ACLs in the same <laughs> knee. Like this guy can really, really cut on a dime, and uh, he's one of those guys that he's really outspoken. He's loud and. Uh, just a tremendous locker room guy, and you could you could win with you know fifty Frankie Hickson's on a team. All right, uh, Trevor Harris talking about the weapons and his continued progression and the fandom in Saskatchewan. You know he's getting a kick out of it. It's something he always wanted. Be a quarterback of the Rough Riders. Now he has it. We'll see if he still likes that by mid-season. We'll find out. We'll be back with more of the sports cage in a moment from the Stonebridge Canadian Brew House here in Saskatoon on six twenty CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And welcome back to the Brew House, Canadian Brew House in Saskatoon, the Stonebridge location. Make sure you pop on in here uh, after the green and white game. they got the ribeye special on, lots of great drink specials, too, as long as you have a drive home back to Regina or your stumbling distance within your you know, to your uh, hotel. They've got a great patio, too. Um, so on the TV here, Luke and I are watching the PGA Championship, Rochester, New York. DeChambeau is leading the pack right now. He's a live golfer. That's, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, my name for him is Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Those people want to slide by. Yeah. That's people good. are like, hey, get away from my table. Get away from family my wants to yeah, eat. family yeah. wants to eat. Get, yeah. out, get out of here. Hey, yeah. oh, we got Brian Raymond on the phone, Flowing Springs. How are you today, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you, Mike? Good, man. How do you feel? I, I've asked you this before, but I forgot what you said. So just uh, do me a solid and pretend I didn't ask you. What, how do you feel about the live versus the PGA? You know what? I really, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, it's all about money. So, you know, and they got more money than you and I have. So I don't even think about it. Um, I'm still a big fan of Phil Mickelson because I'm left handed and, you know, I like Phil Mickelson. But, uh, you know what? I'm glad to see them playing all in the same tournament. And there's no animosity here, I don't think, being exhibited on TV, anyways. No, and you know what? I was talking to Billy Wilms, a WHL broadcaster, and uh, he's in the golf business too. And he said he could see that golf would go to 
like kind of like Formula One, where you just have teams. They kind of got that in livery. You have teams, team this, team that, team this, and have it even in the PGA. How would you uh, feel about that? I, I don't have a problem with that. It's you know what they're they're trying to do. Live is doing that. Um, they're trying to do different things. I mean, it's uh, there's a there's a whole new generation of people out there who uh, don't necessarily believe in the way the rules or the game is played now. And uh, you know, it's it's obviously there's some appeal to it, and and there's some you know there's probably got some traction. So hey, go for it. Hey, so this is interesting. I, I've, I mean, I know it's happened before, but Jeff Fairholm was up here today, and he just booked a. He just called the, the guy at the clubhouse wherever he was, and said, "Hey, I just want to go golf and put me in with somebody." Do you have people like don't have don't have friends, but they're not golfing with friends? Losers that are by themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Losers that, like that ball. happens all the time, and you know, and, yeah. and it's happened with me, especially if you're traveling. You know, you're not yeah. at your home course. At your home course, you, you probably usually play with the same guys all the time. But if you're traveling, you know, you just drop into a golf course or you you call and make a booking and say, "Just put me in with somebody." Yeah, for sure. It's a social yeah, sport. It really is. It really is a social sport. So if somebody wanted to do that, that's traveling through and they're around Flowing Springs or they got uh, three friends, uh, just uh, tell us where we can get a hold of you. Tell us some of the deals. Alrighty. Every day after 3 o'clock, it's $35 to come out and play the golf course. And if you're in for a walk, uh, after 6 o'clock every day, $19 to come out and walk the golf course and play as many holes as you can get in before it gets too dark. Uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, except for holidays, it's uh, $32 for ladies and seniors. And if you're neither of those, we still got a special for you it's 42 dollars awesome how do they get a hold of him how do they get a hold of you give us a call at 306-543-5050 and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com and we are taking bookings for the weekend so give us a call yeah and the weather looks good the the smoke cleared out here in saskatoon turned out to be a pretty nice day it's supposed to be warm here i'm assuming it's the same thing that way it's a little cool right now here there's a little breezy but the sun is out and you're right the smoke is gone and we're looking forward to a great weekend we can have a smoking time on the golf course with Brian Raymond and the gang at Flowing Springs. Thanks, Brian. Take care, man. Have a great weekend, Michael. Y- you too, man. Hey, we need to get out there when we get back to. Yeah, we, we will. Need to get out there. I, and we I need do to need do. to. I'm in. Listen, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'm not a great golfer. Yeah. I get asked all the Nobody's time. Nobody's a great golfer. You, no, 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 no. But I'm not really that good. I can, I can, I can call a game where thousands are listening to me i can be in a um, i can be in a room where there are 15 other people i am seeing you put me on a tee box next to a buddy and two other guys it's the most unnatural thing yeah, for me you, and i get nervous you want to know why because it's you versus you there's nobody to blame there's nobody you know like if True. we screw up a broadcast we can't be like oh man singer's a terrible producer yeah you know like we can't yeah, yeah. we can't we can't blame the sight lines it's literally you versus you on that golf course that's why i like it yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. You were out there today. How was that? What? <laughs> no, you weren't. No, I wasn't. No, you weren't. I was just bugging you because you got two phones here. You are working the phones, my friend, uh, in terms of uh, the Red hey. Cross. How's it going? You know what? I'm not even kidding, folks. This is like this dude has a phone for work, yeah. and in between breaks, he's out talking to people. So I was just yeah. bugging you. Yeah. No, no. You know what? I'm really proud of our team. I think the Canadian Red Cross guys are, are, are you know, we're supporting nation to nation led responses um we're doing our best under really tough circumstances and i always tell our team you know they make sure you're taking care of yourselves and making sure you're taking care of each other because we can't imagine the stress that it would 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 involve being taken out of your house and being told you you have to get to safety and please you know the Mm -hmm. registration desk at the canadian red cross is at this hotel like 
we go through stressful times during responses as Red Cross staff and volunteers, but it, it compares nothing to the plight of somebody that's actually being evacuated from their home. So I'm proud of our team because we're, we're trying our best. We're controlling the things that we can control because obviously, you know, fires have a mind of their own. As soon mm-hmm. as the wind changes, it could be a different thing. I mean, you saw the smoke out here yesterday. Crazy. So, yeah. It's amazing how it's changed. And, you know, I kid you not, folks, I was sitting in the broadcast booth next to the booth Luke was yeah. in, and I heard what you just said. I heard that speech to your team, and I was like, is he talking to me? Oh, no, he's doing yeah. it on the Red Cross thing. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, like, and 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 I did. So so this morning at 6 a.m., I was out on the golf course with my buddy Kenny Wazen. We had a great time. But it's important, and, and the reason is it's important to get out there and make sure you can disconnect. You know, every now and then, mental health is such a big issue that we talk about these days, and you have to do things that that protect your mental health because when we're when we're in um, a disaster response meeting, when we're supporting an operation from our partners at the Meadow Lake Tribal Council or the Prince Albert Grand Council, when we're supporting their operations, we have to be on. They expect a level of service and a level of uh, you know, and they expect people that are really there to support. So yeah. I want our teams to help themselves and make sure they're doing. Things for themselves while they're offline. Mm-hmm. It's important. All right. Thanks for your time, man. Let's yeah, go. man. Let's do it. When hey, we, I'll see you later on. You will. And All when right. we come back on the other side, we're going to be joined by a legend, Jeff Barrow, who's in town watching training camp. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? And yes, indeed, we're back here. Uh, It's not Wednesday. You haven't lost your mind. I just got so busy yesterday, I forgot to do this, but it is sponsored by our good friends at Floor Coverings International. They'll bring your show, they're a showroom to you. They've done it for me. They'll do it for you. They're in the Design Hub North Regina, uh, so go check them out. All right, uh, we're joined here by Ryder Great. Jeff Fairholm, who is uh, doing a double dip. He's here to check out training camp, but he's also here to visit his daughter. It's hard to believe you got a daughter that's, uh, well, you got a lot, you got some older kids, but uh, it's crazy visiting your daughter here, eh? It's a triple dip, actually, because I actually am doing some work, too. (laughs) (laughs) So, but yeah, my daughter is in um, grad school here. She's in criminal psychology. Uh, working under a terrific supervisor, and she's thrilled. So, it's fun to it's fun to come to Saskatoon to do some work, see Ryder Ryder Camp, and visit a little bit with my daughter. It's awesome. Okay, so uh, you played and you played a very sleek game. The one I remember that long touchdown pass where you hurt your hamstring in the Labor Day Classic. Of course, there's the Grey Cup touchdown. You're telling me you need hip surgery. Uh, is that uh, is that wear and tear from football or what? It's got to be. I mean, I'm what am I, 57 now? So it's got to be wear and tear. Otherwise, you know, what 57 year old would need two two hips? So it, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I need hip surgery, and I think Dr. James Powell is going to do me right in mm-hmm. Calgary here in July. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, good local guy. Yeah. Um, you're, we were joking about this, Luke and I. You look amazing, man. Like, uh, how do you keep in shape? Uh, like, you're 57, but you look like you could still play a couple of plays. Well, I definitely can't play a couple of plays. I am in shape. I work out every day, and um, I, I, I'm on a very strict diet for myself. I've lost 10 pounds getting ready for the, those surgeries. surgeries. Yeah. 
And, you know, it's just a matter of eating right and taking care of your body. And I just, you know, you kind of grow up with that, right? Yeah. And then when you get fat, and you know, and, which I did, and I got a little bit fat, and I just felt gross. So it's just better to better to stay in shape. Training camp back in the day. You used to, you were scraping and clawing to make the team. Suiters also brought this up. Elgard would work hard for about three days, <laughs> then he would shut it down for a chunk of days and then come on at the end. But you were over here scraping and clawing. Just talk about that. Take us back in time. Well, I mean, certainly when I was a rookie, I had to do that, you know, and I, I kind of learned I learned that stuff from Elgard and some of the others. But you, you, you can't burn yourself out in training camp. It's not like it is now, watching a, a couple of practices. But back in the day, they'd run your legs off if they could, and you had to take care of yourself. But when you're a rookie, I mean, I was I was in when I was a rookie. It was also Narcisse's first training camp, even though he came in in '87. And you know, we had a bunch of people go down, and and you know, Donnie ran so much he actually broke his shin bones, both of them. And you know, they just ran you into the dirt. And I remember Dan Rambo coming up to me and saying, "Look, take it easy. Don't you know? You need to." protect your body because you got to play in that day we had in those in that day we had three preseason games we played winnipeg here in saskatoon that's right so he was you know dan was uh dan was the one who drafted me you know number two overall and he wanted to take care of his uh, of his prized possession so he kind of taught me to, to you know gear it down a little bit and then you I scored learned, a, you scored a touchdown in the game here in winnipeg i did yeah i, I learned how to read the blitz really fast so it was really good. And tommy threw me a a, a a a quick hot pass but but yeah it was it, it, i learned from El guard too and as they became older and you know sort of had your position i kind of learned how to you know when to go and when not to go but you have to protect your body through training camp you know it's funny you used to have kind of that one that rookie game or whatever that one that one game and then you had the two preseason games it's unfair for guys coming up here now like it's you grew up around the game here in canada but you were in the united states going to college the dudes come up here, and the first cuts happen three days into camp or two days into camp. That's not fair. It really isn't. I don't know how the coaches can get any kind of read on a player, especially coming from the states. They're not used to being a yard off the ball. Or if you're a DB, God forbid, you got the receivers running at you at full speed. And like it, it, it takes a little while to get used to that. So I don't know how they can evaluate players, especially in the practices that I've seen. I don't know how you evaluate players when they're, you know, you're basically not even wearing pads most of the time. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a player evaluator. And, yeah. But they, they must know what they're doing, but I'm sure they lose some good people as a result. Can you, from what you've watched, and it's not the same, I get it. There haven't been a lot of competitive uh, areas that you've watched. What are you, what are you seeing from the receivers out here with the Rough Riders? Well, I like like you said, it's really hard to evaluate in practice these days. But uh, I see a good group. Um, the one thing that I'm concerned about is we're, I still have not seen. Now, I've only seen a couple of bits yeah. and pieces of two practices. I haven't seen anyone who can blow the top off the coverage yet, which I which I've said you know on the air many times we lacked last year, and I still have not seen that. Hopefully, we do. Um, but I have not seen that. But I've seen, I, you know, I saw a few drops yesterday, but they were indoors and it was kind of lighting was bad. But today I thought they looked pretty yeah, good. Yeah, today was much better. Yeah. And you had to go, you left early to go golfing. But uh, yeah, th- it was much better today, much crisper. Yeah. I thought all the quarterbacks looked good. Uh, yeah. I know you've been impressed with that Patterson guy, number five, throwing the football. Yeah, he's got a lot of presence in the pocket. But again, he's not under fire. Yeah. But, 
Yeah, I, I you know he looks he looks pretty good. Um, I thought Fine looked really good. Dalagala I thought has looked pretty good, and he seems to be working on his uh, short to medium passes. He throws an amazing deep ball. Yeah. Um, so I think they've got you know they certainly Harris is a starter. Nobody's going to unseat that. But it looks like they've got a good competition for number two. You were remarking how you you were kind of drawing comparisons just watching him, Trevor Harris, and your old teammate Ken Austin. Maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, he's got a quick release. Um, you know the history on him is that he can he can read defenses really fast and but he's got a real quick release um he's not afraid to to take a shot downfield which i think is good we need to blow the top you know it's my thing now. Yep, blow yep. the top off the coverage and but he's he, he reads defenses super fast yeah and uh you know if we can protect him i think we're going to be in good shape and he's a lot like kenton one day he'll throw for 450 <laughs> and five touchdowns and the next day he'll throw for 180 one touchdown three interceptions you're like what happened to ken austin what happened to trevor harris yeah well you know that's going to happen to you know defense Defenses, defenses do scheme against you. So, you know, I, 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 yeah, Kent had Kent had good games. He had more, way more good games than he had than he had bad games, as as we all did in in, in that in that time. And you know, Trevor's going to have Trevor will get you to the playoffs. I think he I think he stated that, and I think he's the player that can get us to the playoffs as long as he stays off his back and can stay healthy all year. Even though you didn't think you were fast, you were the guy that took the top off the defense. He had he had Narcis, who was he was deceptively fast, but he got open with the way he ran his routes. Uh, Elgard was just the meat and potatoes guy, okay? And, uh, you know, Duke Ellingson wasn't overly fast, kind of a possession guy, mark guy. You were kind of the guy that could stretch the field. Sometimes when you're fast, though, do you... Not saying you, but does it make you lazy as a route runner? Because your speed can get you out of a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm glad you said not not me, because I always took pride in the routes I ran, and and I really watched the film. I didn't watch the defense that much. I usually watch how I ran the routes and made sure that I was doing the basics properly. I see a lot of bad route running, even in the NFL. I mean, these guys that are getting paid millions of dollars, I see them rounding routes and not sticking them. And I saw a little bit about a little bit of that today. I won't say who, but I saw. A few, I saw a few players sort of, you know, running routes, rounding it off, and and not not really doing the basics. And I, I hopefully with with uh, Roosevelt as a coach, hopefully that'll that'll change because he he always ran good routes. So hopefully he'll change that. And let's talk about it. Must make you smile when you look at all the Canadians that they're at least this football team isn't. Okay, we're gonna have three interior offensive linemen as our Canadians, two D tackles, and we'll go. They're trying to get Canadians as receivers. KSB's out till mid-season, but, you know, Lennius, Emilist, how does that make you feel uh, as a former Canadian receiver? Well, it makes me feel good. I mean, I've never been of the opinion that you're a Canadian receiver, therefore you have an advantage over an American. Yeah. I've never been of that. I yeah. mean, you have to play. You yeah. have to be a great receiver. You don't not whether you're Canadian or American, all that does is affect mm-hmm. the ratio. And if you're good enough to play in a certain position, play it. But it is good to have, you know, some amazing um, Canadian receiver, and, I, and you mentioned Linus. I think he looks fantastic. The two mm-hmm. days I've seen him so far, it seems like he's dropped some weight, maybe twenty yeah, he pounds. Has, or he, uh, he was two thirty-eight when he went to Atlanta. He's down to almost exactly that, two nineteen. So yeah. he's about nineteen pounds. He, he looks quick. His feet look great, and you know, I think he's I think he's one to watch this year. Yeah, and I think Alfred. They're using him as a kind of a scat back kind yeah. of guy too, where they stretch in east and west along with the uh, Bain Junior. That's where blocking comes in. You got to block, and I watched the I watched the you know. 
know, I was looking at uh, Picton versus Breskison, the two Canadian guys. Picton, the local guy, made some big catches today. Breskison's been a big contributor in this league, but they did a blocking drill, and he whiffed on two blocks. It's that kind of fine line that can have you on a team or not have you on a team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Breskison or Picton are going to not be on the team, but yep. who's going to be on the field? That's, yeah. that's the real key. Yeah. And who can play special teams and who can't? Yeah. But Picton's, I think Picton's having a great camp from yeah. what I've seen. Yeah. And, you know, I love the way he plays. I mean, he does all the all the small things right, and I think he really cares about it. And the blocking, I mean, especially with all those short passes, those little swing passes they're playing, yeah. uh, playing now, you have to get out there and block those guys. You can't just, you know, run downfield anymore. Yeah. Before I let you go, I'm going to squeeze one more in here. I'm going to talk to Darrell Walker coming up. Okay, he's going to be the one to watch. Where's number 18? How do you feel like what, a guy wearing number 18? Well, I feel okay with it, but someone needs to tell him Someone needs to tell him that hey, there was a number 18 who played here for six years, yep. and I'm not talking about the punter who had 18 last time. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you, bud. Same here, yeah, man. It's awesome, man. We'll be back, and we'll hear from Dur- uh, Darrell Walker next. He's our one to watch here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Still to come, we'll hear from uh, Jeff Fairholm's old teammate, Glenn Suter. We'll hear from the commissioner of the uh, SGHL, Kyle McIntyre. We might even run into Coach Craig Dickinson before it's all said and done with his comments from earlier today. Our one to watch for Specs by Ryan. Don't just get glasses, get Specs. What a great place. I always thought they were too cool for me. I went in there. They outfitted me with two pairs of glasses. Uh, blue for my eyes and green, rider green. Can't wait to get them. They're coming in soon. Go check out Ryan Horn and the gang on Albert Street. Specs by Ryan. So our Specs by Ryan one to watch is the guy who wears number 18, Fairholme's old number, Darrell Walker D. Walk has a history with Trevor Harris. We talk about that and much, much more. Here with Darrell Walker. Hey, can't complain. It's actually a nice, cool day for guys running around. No smoke. It's pretty good. Yeah, no smoke at all. Uh, it was a little chillier when we got started. Um, yeah. Thank God that the sun came out and the clouds cleared out. <laughs> hey, uh, what does it feel like to be playing in the land of milk and honey in the CFL, Saskatchewan, being a rider? Uh, man, I'm just really... I'm, I'm, I'm open arms right now. Um, I've been welcomed in so great. Yeah. And, man, honestly, I'm just happy to be here. And I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how wild these fans get and, mm. and the fan, how strong the fan base really is uh, by being a part of the organization. Because outside looking in, you, you could tell there's yeah. a very, very strong fan base. So, man, I'm just here, you know. Hopefully I'll go up there, make some plays, and make the fans happy. So what do you think so far of uh, day five of camp uh, for yourself? Uh, today was a good day. Uh, very productive. Had some some really good catches in in our fire drill, which is pretty much like a no huddle. Um, I believe, man, all around our receiver group, we have a strong group. And we're pretty cool and pretty tight, pretty tight knit, and uh, we communicate well out there. And you know, um, I just can't wait to see us put it all together. You, uh, you and Winicky are guys that have a relationship with Trevor Harris. So talk about uh, that in terms of uh, your relationship with Trevor. You guys feel like you never missed a beat here? Oh, man, today we, we really got after it today. Uh, you know, just I turned my head around, the ball was there. That's that's what you get with Trevor Harris. You know, yeah. he's going to spot throw it. One of the best, one of the most accurate quarterbacks, yes. I believe, to play the game, right? Yes. That's 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 beautiful. So, you know, with that being said, I just want to put myself in the right position to help Trevor out. And, you know, with the chemistry thing, it helps a lot as far as Jake and me being around Trevor uh, because Trevor's one of them guys that, you know, he just he grows onto you so fast and things like that. But it's just 
he's so intelligent. So it's nice to have the same mindset in advance, you know, before the uh, camp started to get some really good plays going. I always loved watching you play in the way you ran a slant route, those little quick inside routes, and that seems to favor the way he likes to play quarterback, get the ball yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. And and the thing about Trevor, like I said, he's a very precise passer. So on them slants, I know he's going to uh, <clears throat> take care of me, throw it low if the defenders are high or mm -hmm. trying to hit me hard or something. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm just – I love the slants. I love all. The, I love the whole route tree. So whatever, whatever they want me to do out here, yeah. it's gonna get done. You know, I, I mentioned to the uh, this to you last time we had you on a few months ago. You you had 878 yards, and and the clip was taken and 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 reconfigurated on Twitter to make you look bad, but that wasn't the thing. Like you had 878 yards with a Rolodex of quarterbacks, and it was nothing against the quarterbacks. It's just that they were learning and, and yeah. things like that. It's, so that that was kind of a – so I, I'm looking for a big year from you with a guy you're used yeah. to playing with. No doubt. I definitely am too. It's time to shake back and have a great season. Like you said, uh, they have some great quarterbacks over there in Edmonton. It's just – it's always a learning thing and getting familiar with the system and how the game is played on a professional level. Um, so with that being said, I was also hurt a couple games too, yeah. so that hindered me some. Um, but – yeah, it's nice to have a guy out here that, you know, has been doing it for quite a while in this league, I believe 12 years. So he's pretty much seen all the defenses that will be thrown at him. And like I said, like I always mention, he's a great leader and someone that I really can back behind when we're playing football and things like that. What do you like about Kelly Jeffries' offense here uh, in Saskatchewan? New offensive coordinator, he's trying to prove himself too. Yeah, no, yeah, it definitely is. And I, Honestly, man, I, I've been enjoying the offense. Uh, I feel like it's, it's for anyone to have a big game in any week. Um, and it's, it's simple enough for us to just go out there and play. So can't really beat that. You got guys picking it up, and these past few days we've been rolling. We've been rolling offensively, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how, it, how it's going to be uh, this season, honestly. So what would this Darrell Walker tell the young Darrell Walker if you could give him some advice? I guess I'm in a roundabout way telling you what we tell a young player now. Uh, honestly, just just keep working one day at a time, and uh, everything isn't always glitter and gold. It's going, you're going to have ups and downs, but you know, it's how you it's how you approach things when when you're down. You know yeah. that's what makes a champion in my book. And have you uh, figured a better way to pace yourself in camp? Do you know what I mean? Or do you feel like a young guy? You got to prove yourself here with a new team. Honestly, honestly, uh, these past few days I've been feeling really, really good. Um, believe my body is starting to come into that camp body shape. So I'm really looking forward to this first preseason game, or really this mock game we have this weekend, mm -hmm. and to really see how get the juices flowing. And yeah. you know, it's just a different mindset when you you're really live you know yeah. so um i'm really looking forward to it um and like i was saying my body feels good i feel great um gonna get in the weight room and get back right you know yeah. you know during camp we don't lift how we should so yeah. i'm gonna do that and make sure I'm, I'm strong and durable for the season overall from a guy that's been around this league what do you think of the talent level out here we are, we honestly, man, it's, it's a great group of guys. Obviously, you know, the defense is a strong point yeah. of this team. So, you know, we're just looking to see what we can provide on the offensive side. And, of course, you know, Coach Dickey is going to have the special teams running and operating top in the league. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about the, the defense or special teams, just looking to see what we could do offensively. You know, I think with the way the rules are called in this league, you should be able to score three touchdowns on offense. Do you agree with that? Like, I think if you're not scoring three, something's wrong. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh Especially with the playmakers we have in that room, the running backs, we're, we're very solid. The running yeah. backs are solid. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to just blocking for those guys. And then the group we have at receiver, you know, everyone can go out there and run good routes and have strong hands and make plays. And then obviously, you know, we got the guy behind the line that's handling business number seven. So, you know, it's, it's there's definitely a lot of upside and 
I'm just ready to get this thing rolling, man. Lastly, I like what I heard there. You, you said, I want to get out there and block for guys. Has that always been something you've uh, you've taken pride in doing as a receiver, yes, blocking? No, no doubt, no doubt. I don't mind blocking. You know, it's a team It's a team effort that, that allows you to get all the way to the Great Cup and win it. So, you know, we have to be able to run the ball and throw the ball. It just works hand in hand. And like 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 I just mentioned, I don't mind blocking, you yeah. know, especially for some guys that's going to get loose. And you, one block, I have one block, and boom, they'll spring you free. We got guys that are very speedy at the running back so and yeah. shifty. So I'm really looking forward to seeing guys have to tackle them because tackle them they're a hassle. And I want to get one more in here. So you've been here a while. You've been around the league. Uh, your appreciation for our league and maybe our Grey Cup was was obviously not there when you first got here. How has that changed over the time here, the tradition and everything about this league? Uh, just the history, learning more about the history and more about the league and playing different teams multiple times a year. So you just get more accustomed to it and the CFL experience. You just you know how it goes. and. Like you were saying, it was my first year when I went to the Grey Cup, so it's been quite a while, you know, I was thinking that, oh, we're going to be back next year, we're going to win another one, and it's not as easy as you think, you know. So with that being said, it makes you really humble yourself and get back to work and go out there to grind and try to make another, another season, great season happen. Wouldn't it be great to run out of that tunnel on the rider sideline in green and white with bring them out, bring them out, and the fans all cheering for you? I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. I'm so ecstatic about it, so excited about this year. 532 at the Sports Ticker, and it's brought to you by Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The series finale is underway in Toronto between the Yankees and Blue Jays. Aaron Judge with a home run in the first to put the Yanks up 2 to nothing. Bo Bichette hit a solo shot in the bottom half to cut the lead to 2-1, to one. and that's where we stand right now in the bottom of the second. Jose Barrios on the hill tonight for the Toronto Blue Jays. NBA Western Conference Final Game 2. LA Lakers Denver Nuggets tonight. Nuggets up 1-0 in the series. Lakers are looking to tie that one up. And the NHL Eastern Conference Final tonight. The Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes. Game 1 from Raleigh, North Carolina. Puck drop at 6pm Saskatchewan time. On the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox reports on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Red Sox report for the Canadian Brew House. You can enjoy the NHL at the CBH Saturday nights with a dollar off tankards. And we are getting closer to opening day for the Regina Red Sox and some exciting news coming in today. The Red Sox pleased to announce they have signed Anthony Chavez. Chavez is a senior at Arizona Christian University. He's a left-handed pitcher who hails from El Paso, Texas. And he previously had two Junior College World Series appearances with New Mexico Junior College and led St. Mary's University in strikeout-to-walk ratio. And the Regina Red Sox annual baseball camp is now open for registration July 10th and 11th, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Curry Field. Sessions include hitting, throwing, catching, pitching, fielding, base running, you name it. $80 all included. Full details and registration can be found on RegenaRedSox.com. Every time Saskatchewan gets in second or long, they've been bringing Glenn Suter up on the outside. Sometimes they blitz him, sometimes they don't. But when he's blitzed, he's had success. And it's picked up by Suter. He runs it out. Time for press coverage as former writer greats and veteran CFL football broadcaster Glenn Suter shares his unique and passionate perspective about the league we love with Rider Nation. 
Brought to you by our friends at Quality Tire with nine locations in Saskatchewan. Check them out at qualitytire.ca. Coming to you live from the Canadian Brewhouse, Stonebridge area of Saskatoon. And uh, joining me on the Western Pizza Hotline is our buddy Glenn Suter. I had your old teammate Jeff Fairholm on. He's got to go in for hip surgery. He's getting two hips replaced. How about you? Did you get through relatively unscathed? Suits not there? Okay. Hey, Glenn, uh, did you get through relatively unscathed uh, through your football career? Because your buddy Jeff Fairholm had to, has to go under the knife a couple of times for hip surgeries. Um, yeah, pretty much. You know, I had the, um, the the thumbs and the fingers and the broken, you know, the the um, you know the the pinky finger that had to be taped to the other finger and you know those kind of things that didn't keep me out of a game. I never missed one, so I think it was 190 something straight. Um, and fortunately, I never was injured enough to have to miss a game. I had one where I had an ankle and uh, at the time, who was the coach at the time? I'm trying to remember exactly what year it was, but I was holding on field goals and they didn't want to change the chemistry there. So I didn't play safety that game, but I held on field goals. So it kept me on the roster and it kept me playing, even though I had a bit of an ankle and couldn't play safety that game. And then in my final game, and I didn't know it was my final game, Michael, but on my final game, I uh, I had a, a torn, you know, the inner, I think it's called intercostal. I'm going back to my kinesiology days now, but I think it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's in between the ribs there that was torn. And every time I took a deep breath, it was bad. And then I had a partially uh, separated shoulder on the same side. And that was the last game of my, um, of my career. And, you know, you, 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 numb the pain, go out and play. I knew I was in trouble when I was on a, on a field goal and I reached up and I couldn't feel my hand cause it was all, cause I had put so much freezing on one side of my body that I, I couldn't feel my hand. And I thought this isn't good when I have to catch this and put the ball down in like two seconds. So Ridgeway can knock it through the upright. So, you know, it was a few of those, but never missed a game. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the uh, fact that I was always available for my teammates. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I was going to ask you that. That must be a real source of pride. Probably one of the proudest things you've done. Uh, no question. No question. You know, like, you know, the stats are one thing and it's, it's the ultimate team game. So every time an interception is made, it's because of pressure on the quarterback and, you know, a lot of different things have to happen. And all of those stats, whether you're a receiver, DB, running back, whatever, uh, are, are you're relying upon your teammates to do their job so that you can accumulate those stats. And I'm not saying you should take them lightly or, or take them for granted, but, you know, I, I was most proud of the fact that, you know, I was available every game, tried to be consistent as I could. And as we talked about on Tuesday – you know, I tr- you know wanted to be there for my teammates. So so sometimes that meant tremendous patience back there. But but I wanted to be there for my teammates all the time um, because that was the priority. It's interesting because uh, I've touched on it with uh, with others here. It's an interesting thing. You got uh, Dulkey and Jackson Ford 
uh, or sorry, Dolky and Nelson Lacombe rooming together, and they're probably one and one A in in terms of battling for that starting safety spot, and they're roommates together. So, uh, Dolky said, "There's no animosity. We're we're trying to help each other, but they're both competitors, and we know um, we know football and what it's like, right? So that's interesting." Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a couple quick stories here. First of all, I at times roomed with Jeff Trecklin. I don't know if, if you remember that name, but Jeff yep, was for a sure. great, uh, yeah, absolutely, great return guy, um, just an outstanding human being, a great football player, small. He was a little guy like yep. Richie Hall, but um, was a just an outstanding teammate. And we would sit together and film, and again, both competing for the same job, and we would sit together, and, and he was invaluable to my growth as, as, a, as a safety, as a starting safety. He was so giving, never trying to undermine the process, never trying to, you know, betray a teammate so that he could start and take my job. It was always we worked together because the team goal was most important. And I'll tell you another one. Ken McEachern was in Toronto when I was a rookie and Ken McEachern was a, a fantastic player and a great, a great free safety and all-star free safety. And he came over to Saskatchewan after I had won the job and he, we sat in, in training camp film together and in, in practice film together and he wouldn't say a word. And I, I kind of had a little bit of a, you know, like this guy is kind of a legend, not only in Saskatchewan, but just in the league. I mean, he is a great safety. I've worked my butt off to get this job. I'm not sure if I want to be buddy-buddy with him because he might take it from me, right? So I was kind of, um, I don't know, a little standoffish, and it was all my my fault. And I learned from this in such a big way because, about, I don't know, week two or three of the season, they had moved McEachern to that Will linebacker and kind of played him as a hybrid and kept me at safety. And about week two, I turned to him in a meeting and I said, Ken, can you help me with some of this film study? And he goes, oh, my goodness. Thank God you asked me. He goes, like, I have been waiting for a month and a half for you to ask me for help. And you haven't, I wasn't going to volunteer it because you have to ask, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try and, you know, tell you what to do or tell a teammate what to do. You had to come and step forward and ask me the question. And when I did, we became, we started to collaborate after that. And man, did he have a lot of knowledge that I leaned into like, so my advice to all of these young guys that are rooming together and hanging out together, drop your cool card at the door, whether it's a veteran or a new guy or whomever it is, collaborate in the room. It'll make you better, and it definitely will make your team better. Well, and I think that's uh, that's great because I wanted to talk about a guy like Micah Johnson coming back here. Micah Johnson now, D-Tackley, D has seen it all. And he's here, and he can help the Charbel De Beers and the new guy, the Lake Corte Moore, and even the Christmas and the Miles Brown, who are trying to make this team going into their second year. He's he's almost like a coach on the field. Yeah, and, and it's, it's incumbent upon the young guys to ask him. You know, because Micah will will. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad. I'm glad you yeah. said that because Charbel De Beer and we didn't get to the interview. I'll air it tomorrow. I said, is he like a coach in the field? He goes, 
He will help you if you ask him. That's interesting. Well, yeah, because you don't you don't want to overstep your boundaries as a player. You you know, as a teammate and a veteran, you are you are there. And let's say the young guy is competing with you, or he's in the he's in the spot beside you, maybe even. You you don't want to start telling them what to do, telling them how to play. I mean, these guys come from a big college background, and they've they've got their own great resumes behind them. And you just want to be there for them if they need you. And, yeah, you'll help them in a game when a mistake is made and everyone can see it and you can lean in and, and help them with that kind of stuff. But until they ask, you've got to ask. That's like the Ken McEachern story. Like I, He was there all the time and was waiting for me to ask. And I asked, and he said, well, first of all, let's clear up a whole bunch of footwork things that I'm watching you. And, and we sat and went over tape after tape after tape. And I became a better player within two or three weeks of just, just bringing it up, just asking the question. So if you're a young guy or if you're there with two rookies or whatever, go ask the veteran, talk to him, find out what he's thinking, find out what, he can, what you can learn from him. Um, you got to ask, though. The young guy's got to ask. That's an awesome way to end it. That's a great story. Great couple of stories. Thanks for your time, Glenn. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Hey, Michael, first of all, can I just really quickly say I am sitting back doing some research, listening to your show all week long in training camp, all the interviews, getting, I'm, I'm taking notes. It's, it's the number one show in the Canadian football, when it comes to the Canadian football league in our country. It just is. I, I, I'm saying it. I know I'm a part of it, but I'm just saying it um, because I, I'm doing a ton of research listening to your show. <laughs> so thanks, man. Have a great weekend. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot coming from a Hall of Fame broadcaster. That's Glenn Souter. He's on our team. We're happy about it. Brought to you by Quality Tire. We'll be back to wrap the show up with a couple of quick segments in a moment here on 620 CKRM. This Day in Sports History brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua, May 18th, 2004. Randy Johnson of the Diamondbacks accomplishes one of baseball's rarest feats, becoming just the 16th pitcher to throw a perfect game. The current total stands at just 23. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, in the home stretch, and let's keep things going. Show is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. That's where we're coming to you from, from uh, Saskatoon. Stonebridge location and um, all our texts come to you via the Capital Auto Group text line 936-6262 and we love our Western Pizza too. Let's head out in the Western Pizza hotline. Speak with the Commissioner of the SJHL, Kyle McIntyre. Mac, let's talk about the North Battleford North Stars. First off, they're in the uh, semifinal. They have represented the league well on the ice here. Uh, they they have had an outstanding tournament. A uh, little bit of rust, Michael. Uh, they're off for about three weeks before they came down to the Centennial Cup. So uh, probably their second game against Collingwood was not uh, the North Battleford North Stars team we're accustomed to, but they had a couple dandies against both Portage and Steinbeck, and, and I think they're in fine form uh, waiting for their opponents in the semifinal. And who might that be? Who could they play? Well, uh, it could be a number of teams. It uh, could be either Collingwood or uh, Portage. It really depends on the matchup. So basically the way it works is that Brooks finished first overall in their pool. So they're going to have the choice of the lowest seed. 
And so it'll depend on uh, who beats who to, in the uh, semifinal or quarterfinals tomorrow. But all in all, they'll match up pretty good with any team you fa- they face. Obviously, they they can uh, they can uh, punch above their weight or punch up to their weight, so to speak. Yeah, I believe so. You know, like the best games in a tournament, and and of course, I'm a little bit biased. I've been against the Manitoba League, and uh, we have a pretty good rivalry against Manitoba to begin with. But uh, Battleford versus Steinbach and Battleford uh, versus Portage were by far the best games in the whole tournament. Nice. And how's the event gone over there in Portage? You know what? Uh, fan support has been awesome. Of course, more for the hometown team of Portage. Uh, lots of people from across Canada. So it's it's really a unique event because it truly is a Canadian championship. And you have fans and parents and players from all over Canada meeting collectively uh, around hockey. And, and, you know, lots of camaraderie, lots of fellowship amongst the fans. And everyone's wearing their colors and, and are very passionate. So it's really been a fun event to be part of. And the Battleford North Stars got the top goalie at the tournament, too, Josh Cote. Oh, he has been absolutely outstanding. Uh, you know what? I think it's no secret that during the regular season, the Battleford North Stars like to play the run and gun. And sometimes they leave their back end. They leave Josh exposed. And he really has to uh, be called to the occasion and make some outstanding saves. And, and in our game against Portage, he made three outstanding saves right in a row. And it even had Pete Lombardius' voices cracking uh, with excitement because of uh, how Josh had robbed the Portage players. Awesome. And, of course, to wrap up, we should mention the coach, Braden Klobosko, the CJHL Coach of the Year. Yeah, pretty special for Braden. He's been nominated three times for the award. And, of course, the award is named after Dust, Darcy Hagen and, and Mark Cross. And, and Braden had the opportunity to coach with Darcy for a season. And, Mark Cross rented his house in, in Humboldt, so really had an extra special meeting for Braden and for the league. Well, uh, thanks for all you're doing there. Thanks for giving me the eyewitness account, and uh, we'll circle back next week. Hopefully we're talking about a Battleford's championship. I sure hope so. You know, and it's going to be a dandy final, and I think if there's any team that can uh, compete with the wagon that is Brooks, it's going to be the North Stars, and I sure hope that they're in the final on Sunday. That's the great commissioner of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, Kyle McIntyre, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline.